Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Roxanne, and it is the last part of my live show tonight on Monday, December 28th, 2015. So, I was just telling you about different things that are selling on eBay that you might be surprised that people are selling. And during the break, I did just happen to see, I, I did a little search for Things for sale, not really for sale, but on our local Craigslist in Medford, Oregon. And I had seen this ad uh, posted. This one does not have a picture, but a lot of times, or, you know, I, I do find a lot of times when they have free mobile homes for sale, that they will have a picture or several pictures of the outside, the inside, etc. This one does not have any pictures, but... Um, it's still listed, from what I can tell, and it was posted eight days ago. Craigslist will tell you when the ad was posted. 
and when you look down at the bottom, you can tell the date it was posted. The top will tell you how many days ago it was posted, or they'll tell you when it was renewed. So, you know, they might post an ad and then renew it without having to, you know, type everything in. They can just push a little button that says renew the ad, and then it'll jump back to the top of that category, et cetera, as far as I know. Um, but this was eight days ago on December 20th, 2015. Somebody listed a free mobile home on our Medford area Craigslist. And it says free mobile home, 8 by 40 must be moved. Home has a decent bathroom, good stove and refrigerator, a good home for a good price, zero. Must be moved, Ashland. There are wood attachments, which is part of enlargement of home, also must be moved. So that's just one example of like a local ad that they have been giving away a free mobile home. And I've seen others uh, a lot bigger than 8 by 40 for free on Craigslist. So for those of you, and I know there's a lot of you out there that want to move from the city to the country, you might want to start looking on Craigslist to try to get a free mobile home, even while you're building your house, or even just to store things, whatever, you know, um, or maybe at your bug out location or whatever. I know a lot of people are doing that. They're getting land, they're getting mobile homes to bug out, you know, to go to. So this is something you might want to keep in mind. Um, because, yeah, you could pay somebody, but if you can get it for free, why not get it for free? And if, especially if you can fix it up, you know, if you're good at that type of thing, you're good at carpentry or building things, et cetera. Um, you could totally gut it, redo it, you know. You could even get your supplies, your materials from Craigslist for free or at a really good price. That's another thing you might want to look for. If you're not used to using Craigslist or you've never really looked or whatever, if you have a decent Craigslist in your area, which you can just go to craigslist.org and then look for your state and then look for the closest nearby city that's listed, and then you're going to want to save that. You know, you don't want to go to craigslist.org each time. You want to go You want to go to your nearest Craigslist, you know, city listed. So just bookmark that, uh, put a little uh, shortcut or whatever on your desktop, uh, put it in your links bar. That's what I do. So it's right at the top of my page, and you can just click on you know, the little Craigslist icon, which is a peace sign, which I'm not fond of, but that's what they use. So, um, because that's a broken cross and all kind of bad things. That's uh, what that symbolizes. So, but yeah, so just um, look on there because they have all kinds of materials that people are giving away. I mean, I'm sure there's people that have built homes out of nothing but free materials they've gotten from Craigslist and elsewhere. So I've seen them, in fact, um, on YouTube, et cetera. So if you're looking to make a, a brick pizza oven outside or something like that, you might want to just get your bricks for free from Craigslist. That's something Frank and I would like to do. So I'm going to start looking for bricks to collect to do that on Craigslist. And you know, they'll they'll do that. They may just have a few bricks, 20 bricks, 25, 50 bricks, or whatever. You know, when people are redoing stuff, remodeling, whatever, um, sometimes they'll give away all the appliances when they're doing a remodel, and they'll put them on the free section of Craigslist. Other times they're going to charge you a certain amount of money, or maybe it's going to be really cheap. Maybe you can get, you know, things that would have cost you um, 
$1,200, $1,500, you might get them for 500 you know, by looking on Craigslist or whatever. You know, sometimes you'll get things for 50 bucks that, you know, on eBay would be going for 500 You just never know. So, to me, Craigslist is a great resource to look for things or to sell things or to buy things or to get things for free. So, don't forget about Craigslist. Um... Let's see here. I'm just going to pick a random thing and go to it on Craigslist and see what they have available. Um, but, for instance, on the free section right now on Craigslist, let's just see what they have here. Um, on our local Craigslist in Medford, Oregon. Um, for some reason, it took me to the wrong category. Okay. Um, but they have a farm and garden category, ours does. I'm sure probably all of them do, maybe, unless you're in, like, New York City or something. But even then, you never know. They have all kind of things on there. You can even find raw milk and things like that. Um, you know, you can type that in and look for that and see where people in your area have that available, even raw goat's milk, et cetera. So... Um, by the way, we got some raw cheese, uh, five pounds of it, which I didn't even know was legal to sell in Oregon. Maybe it is. I don't know, because our grocery store was selling it. I happened to find it. I think it was sharp white cheddar, five pounds, and it was like a really great deal. I forget exactly what it was, maybe 10, 11 bucks or something for five pounds, and it was raw. So, you know, no growth hormones, hasn't been pasteurized or anything. Um, so we got a good deal on that. Um, so right now on the free section of our Craigslist, somebody is giving away a Kenmore, uh, vacuum cleaner, free fill dirt, free lawnmowers, looks like three for free, free ironing board, a free crock pot, and this is a, looks like a pretty nice crock pot which they're cheap anyway in the stores, and you can find, sometimes you can find them in thrift stores. Some thrift stores, like Goodwill, have quit selling those, I've noticed. They'll just sell you the inner crock, the stoneware that goes in the oven, et cetera. You can use that for cooking things like bread in the oven. So, you know, if you see one of those, hey, you might want to get it just to do that. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why, they're not selling the outer crock anymore that has all the, you know, the dials and stuff like that. So, but they are giving one away here. Um, it says works great, no lid, broke lid day before Christmas. So that's why they're giving it away. So you could probably go find that lid or order the lid from the manufacturer or um, go to eBay or someplace and, and try to find that particular lid. I don't know how easy it would be. And if it was a plastic lid, I'd try to get a glass one to replace it anyway because I don't think a plastic lid, you know, on a crock pot's a good thing. I prefer to get the ones with the, the glass lids. I think it's a lot healthier. But anyway, but people are using um, crock pots and rice pots to make things like hemp oil, you know, which I shouldn't say the C word, but it gets rid of cancer. So, hey, that's something you might want to look into or just have around as, you know, for that purpose if you ever need it, especially if you live in a state where, you know, recreational marijuana is legal now or you can get, you know, whatever there's a need um, to do that with. And then look up Rick Simpson and his 
his technique. I know there's a lot of people that know how to do it, but he's pretty famous for that, for helping people to get rid of their cancer and showing them how to do that and to make their own, you know, stuff to do that with. So, um, in our state, you cannot get hemp. Uh, you can get hemp oil, I think, but you can't get, I don't know what they call it. It might be called cannabis oil or something like that. Um, but only the medical marijuana patients who are registered as medical marijuana patients can buy that. But it's something like, it, I mean, they sell them things that are like 75% THC or something, which they won't sell to just whoever. But anyway, so there's this free crock pot on here. Um, that's another thing. It doesn't have a lid, so I wouldn't even bother with that. Um, there's a free large oversized chair, free large chair and ottoman. And they look pretty nice. Uh, queen box springs, free wood scrap. A lot of people are, like, they'll have trees that they got cut down, and they didn't want to pay the arborist or whatever to cut the trees up, you know, so they'll just say, hey, free firewood, you know, bring your chainsaw, come and get it if you know what you're doing. Or they'll even ask you to fell the tree, which I don't, I wouldn't be comfortable doing that unless they knew what they were doing, and maybe, you know, they do it for free in exchange for the wood, but... Anyway, people have, I've seen ads for that, where instead of paying somebody a lot of money to come out and fell your trees for you, um, you just, hey, if you, if you don't, if you're not worried about it or you make sure that they're a licensed professional and know what they're doing, um, they'll come out and do it if you can find somebody anyway. I've seen ads for it on Craigslist where, you know, you just have them to, to cut the trees down and saw them up or whatever, take them away and give it to them for free so that you get that taken care of or give you part of the wood, you know, and they'll take part of it and stuff like that. So that's another thing you might be interested in. Um, somebody's giving away a cabinet, free chairs, guinea pig, a cage, uh, free mattresses, a free futon, couch and lovesy, free horse or cow manure, free 55-inch Hitachi TV, um, 50 plus moving boxes that's another thing if you're looking for moving boxes and you don't want to go pay a heck of a lot of money which they cost a lot they do cost a lot um, at places like U-Haul or Lowe's or office supply stores or wherever that sell moving boxes Walmart sells them you can even get moving boxes at the dollar store but they're not really they're not really moving boxes but they do have little boxes at the Dollar Tree I know in our area that are pretty, you know cheaper than some of the stores around here sell them for so that's something you might want to look if you just need little boxes um for a buck but yeah moving boxes is a great thing that you can get on craigslist i see them quite often um like this one here 50 plus moving boxes plus packing material a lot of times they'll have pictures so you know what you're getting before you drive you know a long ways or something like that you know i prefer to have a picture of something you know, if at all possible, because I don't want to waste my time going somewhere and then you get there and it's, you know, nothing that you would want or it's got a lot of problems or it's in terrible condition or it's all broken or whatever. So a lot of these don't have pictures, but a lot of times they do. Free clothes, um, 
so anyway, yeah, you you know, you might save a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or more by getting free moving boxes and packing material or a few hundred dollars. And if you get, you know, fifty boxes from this person and fifty from another and twenty five from another, that may cover all the costs as far as your moving boxes. Sometimes they even give you the free packing material, the bubble wrap, the you know, um, whatever you call it, the packing paper, stuff like that, because it all adds up, and, you know, or maybe you just need some boxes to store your stuff in, um, you know, and for one thing, if you're looking for 18-gallon totes, I have found Walmart in our area has them for a pretty good deal, they're like five bucks, and one of our Walmarts in Eagle Point has them for $4.50, a certain color black, so it's 50 cents cheaper than some other Walmarts in our area for the same exact thing. It's just they're black. But, um, yeah, our Walmarts do not compete with each other. They just compete with stores around them. So they'll have different prices for different items, and they don't all carry the same thing, which is upsetting kind of to me because, you know, if you buy something and you need to take it back and you don't even remember which Walmart you took it to, I mean, you bought it from, um, and you might have your original receipt and the whole nine yards. You'll go there to take it back, and they will not allow you to return it. That happened to me once. I tried to take back some uh, brand-new item that I had the receipt for that I had just bought, you know, like a week or two ago, and they, they're they like, no, we don't have it. You must have bought it at another Walmart. You'll have to take it back to that Walmart. So, you know, I didn't make a scene or say anything, but... I'm just saying, to me, if it's a corporation and there's stores all over the country and world, they should take back an item that you bought at one of their stores. Because I know they do that for people that buy things, like, and send them in the mail as a present, like for Christmas or whatever. And people return things that don't fit or they didn't like the item or stuff like that. You know, so I don't get how they can do that. And another time, one time years ago, they actually, I would have raised cane about it now but back then I did it I took something back and they told me I had to find something in the same department you know or they wouldn't let me you know exchange it for anything except for in that one department so that was ridiculous that was target anyway so check craigslist it's a great resource to buy to sell and find free items to find a free mobile home even you just never know what you're going to see on there so if you're not looking on there every day, maybe you should start, you know, or if you know somebody else that might be interested in that, you might want to tell them about it. Maybe they don't even know about Craigslist or whatever. Um, but anyway, so I'd start looking there. You might find some good deals. You might start your own business making some money, even just buying stuff and reselling it for more money. People do that every day. They go to eBay. They get a good deal on something. Or they go to a thrift shop. They get a good deal, garage sale, whatever, and then they resell it for more money, you know, and you just make a little bit of extra money on the side. So it's about time to end my show tonight. It flew by. Um... So, anyway, I'm hoping that you're learning something, maybe just a place to get a good deal or some good deals I'll mention or things that you might not have thought of that you could sell or that are valuable or whatever. So, um, anyway, you know, check these things out, learn what they're going for, and even if you don't want to sell it and make some money, you could give it to somebody that would like to, you know, or maybe you didn't know it was worth anything and now... 
you have learned differently. So check the worth of items on eBay, for instance. Um, you know, before you just chunk it or throw it out or whatever. Maybe you want to give it away to somebody instead of just throwing it away. You know, just try to save the landfills because people throw things away every day that are unbelievable that might be worth $100,000 at times. So, anyway, Frank is coming up next, the owner of AVR, for two hours with his show, The Frank Report. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. I'm not
and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. Denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio.
can run a trot line and a country boy can survive.
the politics of survival. You know, political correctness and all these other things be doggoned. Um, just, I just keep listening to some other talk show host, and I keep hearing some just disturbing um, political diatribe. If one group of individuals has it out for us, has had it out for us as a society, as Americans, for almost since the, you know, even before there was a Constitution penned, how is it all of a sudden that you can be for that country and those people to such a level as to, you know, exclude your own people? And uh, for those of you who listen to Glenn Beck, you've got to be wary of that man. He need to handle him like a like a cobra, uh, and you know, be wary of, of that man. I don't trust him. I don't trust him as far as I could pick him up and throw him. And as far as the politics of survival and politics of uh, presidential things coming up, you know, another man I don't trust very is uh, Hannity. You know, today he went off on this big list of everybody that's going to be a Republican, with the exception of one name. And he's done this four or five times over the last couple of uh, shows that I've, I've listened to. Uh, and I know that in several of the polls, this individual's come out second and close to first in a couple of the polls. But he won't mention the man's name for love nor money. So I'm going to mention it, Ron Paul. And, uh, you know, everybody keeps wanting to discount Mr. Paul. You know, if people could get past the... You know, a couple of issues of, of uh, individual issues and realize his monetary policies to put the Fed and the Internal Revenue Service in their place, that would be the yokes of all yokes off our backs, would change everything else. Everything else would fall into place. But people can't seem to get past, you know, oh, well, he's not in support of the troops. Now, Dr. Paul is more in support of the troops than you can believe. He's a military doctor. Served in the military uh, for twenty something years, so don't say that he's not uh, in favor of the troops. He's in favor of not sending the troops off to uh, foreign wars, but we don't have any business. George Washington's foreign policy was not to become entangled, you know, become involved in foreign entanglements, and uh, folks need to really, you know view that and then read that and take a look at it. Anyway, enough from the politics of the survival in that realm, in that situation. I'm going to talk tonight a little bit about um, survival vehicle that we really haven't t- talked much about, uh, touch upon the boat as a survival vehicle and its usefulness uh, in many aspects of survival. Uh, gives you an instant, ready platform to live on. Um, depending on where you go in your boat, many different options of concealment and and uh, you know water quality. If you're going to do a saltwater craft, then you're going to have to get a desalinator. Uh, they make some excellent desalinators, but I'm going to tell you they're not cheap. About six to eight hundred dollars for a good one. That's a manual pump one. Uh, you can get fancier than that, and then you're going to pay a lot more money. 
you're going to be along a river, freshwater river, you're still going to want to have some kind of filter, a Berkey or a catadine or something like that. An industrial-sized catadine, not just a small one, uh, to filter that water because you don't know what's going to be in there. You don't know who's bathing the stream from you. You don't know how many cow carcasses or even body bodies that have you know wound up being in the river. There's all kinds of things can happen. Uh, so you got to be be aware and be prepared for that. The advantage of a boat uh, in certain areas, you know, especially if you're around a lot of cross sections where there's a lot of rivers and a lot of bridges, and you're on the you you get your marina on the side where you live and work and your children have their schools, so you don't have to necessarily cross a body of water to get to your marina. Everybody gets to the boat. You leave the marina. You set sail. If you're on a river, you head down. There's tons of little contributaries, tributaries that pour into rivers at different angles. And a lot of those have a deep enough draft to where you can work the boat back up in there. Uh, definitely the thing you're going to want is most boats come white. Uh, that's so they're easy to see. Well, in a survival situation, you don't necessarily want to be easy to be seen. But then again, before the survival situation, you don't want to be obvious with a camouflage boat. So what you can do is a combination. You can uh, leave the hull white, paint the upper deck tan. Uh, when you get out to where you're going, you already have your paint there, and you paint the bottom part of the boat then green to match shrubbery and brush or brown, combination of brown and green, so you can pull in close to the embankment. You're definitely going to want to acquire yourself some camouflage netting. Uh, radar reflective military style is the best with the little metal hog rings in it. And if you get the European stuff without the little metal hog rings, you can just get some little aluminum rings, little snap rings, and you put them about every 12 inches all out through the net, and that will give you a, a radar reflective dispersing camouflage net. As they're looking down from uh, space with a wire-like satellite, and looking for radar image returns, you've got your camouflage net. Remember, you can never just drape a net over your equipment. If you just put a camouflage net over a Jeep or over a boat, oh, yeah, there's a boat with a camouflage net over it. Oh, there's a Jeep with a camouflage net over it. You've got to use the poles and the spreader sets. You want to make it look like a tree and a bush and a shrub. You want to get back in and blend in with the, tr you know, the trees and the, and the brushes and the shrubs. And then that way you want to have covers to cover your glass. You want to make sure that any of your chrome has been roughed up. And you want to be able to paint it with some good quality paint that will stick to the roughed up chrome. Uh, it might even be hoove you if you buy a used boat somewhere, pull all the chrome off and have it sandblasted and have it redone in black or dark gray. It looks, uh, it won't look, you know, blend in with the boat, look good, but it'll be ready to be disguised, so it won't be all reflective. The reason why they went with a lot of chrome was because of rust and corrosion. Well, you're trying to go the opposite from that, and you do want to have some rust and corrosion prevention, but you're trying for subdued. Of course, uh, we've talked.
talked about storage and ammo cans and Ziploc bags and using those things like that. When you're in an aquatic environment, you're going to have a lot more moisture, especially if you're around salt water because you'll have the salt air. So you're definitely, definitely going to want to be multi-bagged and ammo canned on just about everything that's of any, of any consequence, of any value. It's to protect it. And be sure to do your ballast correctly. Don't overload your boat. Anticipate what your weight of passengers is going to be with all their equipment and things when they do show up. Um, best to find a diesel if you can and keep it topped off. Definitely use your red fuel for that since you are off-road. Don't forget your stable in your tanks. And definitely you've got to have your maritime charts, your coastal charts, and you want to want some life rafts and survival gear in case the boat goes down for whatever reason. Uh, you're going to want to stick with intercoastals. You're not really going to run far out to sea because if there's some military and, and there's uh, a quotient to that, you know, they're going to be out there with their destroyers and their cruisers and, and other vessels like that, and so you've got to be wary of what's going on there. And if you uh, decide to leave the United States territorial waters and go to some other countries, Central and South America, you've got to be aware there are pirates. And uh, if we're in a, an economic collapse, in a, in a world social collapse, uh, piratism is going to be increasing. So if you're going to do the boat thing, you know, beware and be, you know, and I'm not saying here in the United States, not, they'll, they'll become pirates again. So the same security issues, if you're going to be in a community, a uh, boating survival community, you know, already have it figured out where you're going to go, what river, what, uh, what intercoastal area you're going to be at, what islands you're going to try and get up next to and uh, have everybody all pre-planned where you're going to meet in a, in, a, in a maritime situation. Same rules apply that apply to land. You're just not going to have as... Uh, the options will be different. Folks on foot, it's going to be a lot harder to find you if you're parked in a little cutout on the edge of a mangrove swamp around an island in South Florida, and you're tucked back in there and your boat's camouflaged, You've got netting over that, and you're minding your own business, and you're just surviving, taking care of business on a day-to-day -day basis. It's uh, real hard for somebody to come tromping along and walk up on you. It'd be very difficult. Doesn't mean that if someone else has a boat and they start poking around, you might have to then uh, take a stand going to have a large boat, you definitely want at least one or two small boats to accommodate that. Something rigid, you know, like a Boston Weller or something like that, with a good fast motor on it. And then a good rubber boat with a motor on it. So that you have some options for, uh, you know, dividing your force if you have to, to fend off an attack. Not so that you're left in one particular position, so that you've got the ability to move away from your main vessel if you have to. And you may not always want to, you know, unhook and, you know, raise the anchor and move the big boat to go do something that, you know, might just be a 
a couple of miles up the intercoastal. So you just want to hop in your small boat, go by a surreptitious route, you know, don't go, don't go in a straight line from where your boat's at to where you want to go. Kind of meander out, go south a little bit before you go north or vice versa so that you uh, don't get somebody following you back to your boat or see where you come out of and then make an assumption that there's got to be a bigger vessel back in there and it must be where you're living. Maybe they just think you're living off that little boat back off of the island. Might figure you're not worth much and leave you alone. Try to always, uh, you know, project a little bit of power. Um, that typically will keep people away. You're well armed. They see you're well armed. They mean you're, they know you mean business, and they'll most likely leave you alone because they don't want to get in a fight. People don't want to really do that unless they're really desperate. And they have nothing, and they're willing to risk all of that. Well, that circumstance can happen anywhere, whether you're on land or sea. Fresh water, you know, now that offers uh, not as many areas because you're on straight lines of rivers, you know, and you're bound by narrow strips, uh, you know, of water in between land. You've got, you know, some smaller canals, channels, ditches that flow into the rivers at different angles. Some of these you'll be able to fit a, a houseboat up into. Some of them you won't. Selling vessels. Now, if you really, really do think you're going to run to some islands somewhere far, far and away, you're definitely probably going to want to go with a sailing boat as far as a motorcraft. But a motorcraft will give you more versatility. And even if you get a sailing vessel, try to get something with at least a little Perkins diesel putt-putt four-cylinder with a screw on it so that you can at least maneuver without the sails. Um Having a small sailboat with your power boat or your houseboat is also a good option to help save fuel uh, when you want to go do the market and go do trading. Beauty about having a vessel, being around water like that, is you can fish. You can fish for a lot of your food. And that will give you another source. Of course, uh, very limited gardening, although you can do square foot gardening on a boat. And uh, can grow a lot of a lot of little vegetables in certain little cubby holes and little corners. So there are, there are multiple options that you can do with a vessel. But do keep in mind that they do intercoastal patrols, and there is Coast Guard all the way up and down the Mississippi River. Coast Guard works around the Great Lakes, uh, in the Great Lakes area. You know especially if you're willing to put up with the cold. Uh, remember, if you're going to get anywhere near where there's going to be a freeze-out, you've got to get some uh, good stout 2x4x4s uh, or 4x6s uh, and some framing work. And, and, and when the water starts to freeze, you've got to start uh, supporting the hull and uh, there's a methods for freezing out the boat, for getting it up on the ice, uh, so the ice doesn't crush the hull. And uh, there's some sailing vessel books on how to how to lift the boat out of the water in a freezing time. So you need to you need to acquire that knowledge so that you can get your vessel up on top of the ice. Of course, 
thing you're going to be subject to the ice pack through the winter. But that has its advantages, too, because unless they've got a big Coast Guard cutter or an airboat, they're not going to come over and monkey with you. Uh, if you're up along the coast, uh, especially in the Great Lakes, you know, they used to pull our patrol boats out of the water there at uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, because it froze right up around the docks. But they actually pull them out of the water. But you've got to be careful with... Um, with where you, uh, in the north, you know, where you, uh, what coastal area, what island you're going to tie up to, because if it freezes and you don't get the boat up out of the water, uh, the hull can get crushed by the ice. And one other thing you can consider is uh, reframing up on the inside to help uh, prevent that as well. A round bottom boat in the ice area is much better than a than a more traditional V hull. Well, actually, are designed to pop up on top of the ice as the freezes, and that's a good vessel if you're going to be in that kind of an area. Barges, barges have advantages. They just don't move as fast. But if you've got a boat that you can pull it to a certain area, small barge. You can build a barge up as a house. Uh, you've got uh, areas in, in, down inside the barge. You can store a lot of stuff, depending on what size barge you've got. I knew a guy in uh, the Oakland, Alameda area, the Bay Area in California. He had a great big old barge left over from uh, the days when they used to build the Liberty ships. The guy owned the yards there that used to build the Liberty ships. And uh, he didn't. He wanted a really nice ranch-style house, but he didn't want to pay property tax. So he took one of those barges, and he built this big, beautiful house. I mean, you'd have seen, found that house on any any land anywhere in the country, you know. And uh, he got him some tree uh, trees in in the big giant uh, pots. So he had uh, miniature versions of trees growing. He had uh, artificial turf down for a lot of areas. He had a lap pool put on there. He had a he had a jacuzzi sauna, and uh, tied it up right there next to his old shipyard. And that's where he uh, he just come home, park on the pier, walk the gangplank, get on and be in his house, and just as traditional a house as anybody else's. Nice two story ranch style house built on a barge. So there are options, a lot of options. Uh, a lot of people build floating houses. They use different uh, different pontoons and different things for pontoons. Uh, Red where one guy used a bunch of beer kegs, and he filled them up with foam, and so that even when they got poked, they um, they then had a tendency to keep the water out and uh, and uh, and do the floating. And then uh, uh, 55-gallon drums, but they don't work as well if once they get rusted. You have to really paint them really well. And uh, they need to be best be filled by foam. And then you build your framework and your racking, and then from there you build a deck, and then you can build a house. And uh, quite a few people have done that. Uh, 
issue then is it's a slow mover. you got to use a boat to pull it to wherever you got to go. And not necessarily as easy to hide, and they're certainly not as quick to move. Uh, if you're thinking someplace like the Great Lakes, keep in mind that place gets pretty nasty in big ocean. All right, there's the first half hour break. We'll go ahead and uh, let you listen to Mike and the mechanics there, and we'll be right back in about three minutes. This is Richard McGregor, and this is Survival Time. in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 225 
survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Survival Time. I'm your host, Richard McGregor. And can you hear me calling you? Calling you to Survival Time on American Voice Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com. All right. Uh, Frank asked me to remind you all uh, that if you want last week's show archived, uh, download, uh, to, to listen to, uh, you've got to the rest of this uh, till this show is over with, and then this show will take its place. So if you need to run over there and download it real quick at uh, TalkStream Live, I mean uh, at AmericanVoiceRadio.com, go over and uh, click on and download the last week's show so you've got it in your own little personal private archive and can listen to it if you missed it last week or want to review the uh, information from last week, just like you can do with this show all through the next week until the next show. You can uh, listen to it, download and listen to it. All righty. We were talking about boats. Uh, fresh water uh, tends to give you greater resources of of water. Uh, salt water gives you greater areas to go. But of course, always beware of the pirates. Uh, it has its options. Can get you across great expanses of water. You could be somewhere over um, off the St. Lawrence Seaway and a survival situation starts to develop and you get out early and get out in your uh, good maritime uh, water-worthy vessel and you've got relatives that are over in Wisconsin, you can use the boat to escape, get around roadblocks. Uh, you'd want to run tight along the Canadian-U.S. border, uh, minimize your contact with Coast Guard of either side, scoot across there and wind up there in Wisconsin and then you could, uh, you know, get with your relatives and survive. That's one way. Other great areas for uh, maritime survival, uh, the mouth of the Columbia River, at least until you get up to the first dam, uh, that's a pretty uh, good amount of area to kind of pull a boat in. Used to be lots of places where they tied up um, log jams in that area. Of course, the uh, whole intercoastal up in the Seattle area in the Puget Sound, tremendous amount of uh, uh, areas up there. Of course, Alaska would be, you know, should go without even, yeah, there's tons of places we wanted to be up in Alaska. And right there, you can be in salt water right there on beside an island. Right there is a freshwater stream bubbles right off into the water. And have the best of both worlds and have a salmon run and collect up salmon and uh, live on a boat. I've known a few people that lived off the boat. Subsistence lived up in Alaska off of boats. Don't have as much problem with the worrying about freezing right there in the ocean right close to, close to some of those islands. They'll stay pretty free, a lot of them, down along the Aleutians and in that area. Then there's the... Uh, Sacramento Delta area with uh, some of the American River. Offers quite a few little places, cubby holes and nooks and crannies. Of course, we can't forget the mighty Mississippi. That's a tremendous uh, link with lots of little contributaries and the Missouri River and the Ohio and everything runs off into there. And then, of course, you've got reservoirs like Lake Mead off the Colorado River. Of course, it's been dropping considerably, so it's lost about half of its shoreline, but there is a tremendous amount of shoreline. 
the Columbia River above the dams into Canada, along the Pendelay and that area. It's a tremendous area for uh, being able a lot of a lot of uh, uh, area where a boat could hide. There are mass bodies of water, great big rivers. You can find them all over the place. Some rivers are going to require a more shallow draft vessel, like up on the upper Missouri. Uh, and then, of course, you've got rivers all spread out everywhere else. Don't think I would try to get even a very shallow draft vessel and, and hang out along the Rio Grande. I don't think that would I just don't uh, envision that working so well. All around Louisiana, New Orleans, and that would also be a great area for trying to, you know, uh, survive because of the the abundance of uh, aquatic life and the sheer marsh and swamp areas and canals and channels and backwaters. Of course, you've got to be uh, in a survival situation where we might not have uh, all the communications and stuff like that. So you'll have to just be have to learn weather so you can see when the hurricane is coming so you can know to be prepared because uh, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have hurricane hunters and satellite photographs and images showing you where it's at. And so you have to be uh, storm savvy and just like in the old days and prepare to batten down and ride it out and be able to take care of your, uh, take care of your family on the vessel. And, uh, Animals on boats, you got to, you know, remember to prepare, prepare for the pooches and the kitties. And, uh, you know, take, take an ample supply of food for them. So speaking of dog food, I was thinking of alternatives for dog food. People asked me here recently, and then I run into some people out not too far from here. They raise rabbits. Now, you know, I don't eat rabbits because rabbits are unclean, and they don't eat them either. They raise the rabbits for dog food. Because they're prolific, they grow quick, they don't eat a lot, uh, and the dogs love them. So, uh, and you get the side benefit of the fur. Uh, very useful uh, set of circumstances. You can use the, use the gut for certain things. Uh, you grind the bone up and cook the bone out, cook the marrow out, and boil up some rice. And then uh, cook up the meat and grind it up together and mix it all up. You can can that and put it in jars and, and pressure cook it. And now you've got yourself some dog food made up. So you can do it in, in mass quantities. Or you can feed the dog a fresh rabbit. Give them, uh, give them a treat every once in a while. And... Uh, I would presume the same rules on bones of rabbits because rabbits have kind of uh, hollow bones like chickens. You don't really ever want to give chicken bones to dogs because they can break off and get themselves in trouble. But if you ground uh, it up and boil them uh, to get the marrow out of them and then ground them up, that would be and mixed it in as a meal uh, with the uh, already prepared rabbit and rice. Give yourself a nice expansion uh, to make yourself a good quantity of dog food. And then, like I say, can it. And that way you've got uh, ready to always feed uh, feed spot. Don't know if cats would eat rabbit, but uh, I'm sure they probably would, especially hungry enough. 
uh, you could probably feed the bet to the cat. And then we would have uh, pet food for both both your meeting uh, furry friends to take along with you. And that would uh, that would be a handy handy uh, handy uh, way to take care of and give your youngins something to do to take care of the rabbits, to take care of being an animal husbandry so they can have responsibility and they know they got to take care of them and uh, help to take care of their own dogs and, and cats by uh, keeping, maintaining, prepping, and preparing the rabbits. So there's an option for active live dog food. Selling that, you know, you're going to have to get some containers just like you would put up beans and rice, you guys put up dog food. And uh, most dog foods probably got about a four to six year shelf life if it's canned airtight. So of course it would start to go rotten. Of course, an animal is going to be more more inclined to eat, you know, and not get sick. Dogs got a cast iron stomach; they can they can eat stuff that can make a billy goat puke. So you don't have as big an issue with that. And you can always feed your animals your leftovers, your stuff that's uh, been set out for too long. You don't want to, if you're especially in a no-refrigeration environment, uh, find yourself uh, cooking a big pot of beans, and then after a couple of days, uh, it comes a point in time when you don't want to eat them anymore. So it's time that that, that becomes dog food. So there's always those options for, for you know, taking a little bit of bean gravy and smashing up some bean and pouring over a little bit of dry food, and the dog now gets a treat. And take care of those critters, those animals. Definitely want to have, you don't want to have yelpers in your survival, but you want to have dogs that are sharp, shrewd, that will alert, but not get too barky, unless there's an absolute full-on threat kind of dog that will, you know, growl low and say, that's saying, hey, master, there's something here that you need to be aware of. That's the kind of dog you want. German Shepherd, uh, healers, little dogs like that that uh, will uh, alert to what's going on, a Dome Pinscher, a Rottweiler. And then uh, if you need to unleash them, you can unleash them, so to speak. They can take care of business for you. Another uh, animal we've talked about in the past, it's a good watch animal, especially if you're developing a uh, survival community out and about, you know, a farm or a ranch or something like that, is uh, geese. Geese don't like to have their area disturbed. And if you've got a few pairs of geese out there, well, they'll just uh, they'll honk and make all kinds of noise, and some of them just flat out are mean, and they'll attack. You know, they're not going to do much to, you know, some people that are just, you know, bound and determined to attack your property, but at least they can uh, wake up the, the the camp and let everybody know something's not right. And you can move and do your maneuver and, and work into that area and uh, check things out, see what's going on, see what's making the noise, and uh, go ahead and... Uh, so geese are a good, uh, good alarm animal, and and they're edible. Their eggs are edible, so you can use them as a food resource and a watch resource. 
as time progresses. Harvest a couple here and there, let a few be born, eat the eggs or the rest. Same thing you can do with your chickens, except your chickens aren't going to be much useful unless an alarm, but you definitely want to have a supply of birds on a ranch, survival environment. You can have a few chickens on a boat, back to the boat issue, but not, not too many. Uh, just they have to have plenty of place to scratch and, and run around. You can always make a chicken tractor. You can look that up online. It's like a little box. You can put a couple of chickens in it and set it out on the ground, and they can scratch, get worms and organic stuff and natural stuff. So if you're along the beach, along, along the shoreline somewhere, and you are keeping chickens on your boat, you can take them ashore, though, and give them a chance so they won't run off on you because they'll be in the chicken tractor. And then you can always uh, dig up some of that soil where you left the chicken tractor for a while and use that for potting soil for your little garden plot on your boat. Uh, recycle and be organic. Keep things going. Okay, so uh, beyond buying lots of Alpo or some dry dog food, there's your option for, you know, raising your own own uh, good quality food for your for your dog on the rabbit issue. Don't get too squeamish about it. It's just another part of life. Rabbits are easy to kill. And uh, like I say, they provide a pelt, which you can uh, tan and dry out and make some nice warm clothes. Use it to line a jacket and make a rabbit, rabbit-lined uh, coat. Keep you warm in the winter. Make some mittens. And you've got trading stock, too. Uh, there are a lot of people who will eat the rabbit. So if they want to trade you for a live rabbit for whatever purpose, that's their business. And some of you, you know, don't agree with me and you think it's okay to eat rabbit, no, fine. You know, that's a decision you have to make for yourself and talk to God about it. As I've said before, there's that incident in the 1820s or 18, early 1830s where the fur trappers up in Canada were stuck in a winter over camp and most all of their uh, dry good food had gotten spoiled or consumed. can't remember the story now too well. But I do, the thing that I remember is the last guy to die had kept a journal. It had been an un, unusual outbreak of uh, rabbits that year, so there was no shortage of rabbits. He died with a full stomach, starved to death with a full stomach. Because the rabbits robbed all the nutrients and the minerals from the bodies and caused them to starve to death. That's all they had to eat. And that's not a food. Just like a pig, it's not a food. We've grown accustomed to tradition, the traditions of men, to doing some of these things. That doesn't mean that's what it was ever intended. That's not the owner's manual. That's the same as uh, getting yourself a brand new Ford. F-350 pick-em-up truck and uh, go ahead and put in uh, uh, water in the brake fluid reservoir. Salt water. Well, it's a liquid. It'll work. It'll provide hydraulic pressure for a while. It corrodes the system. 
It won't work there very long. It's like putting the battery acid in the radiator. That's only going to work for so long, too. Or worse yet, pouring uh, battery acid down the oil reservoir. And running on, on, on battery acid, not oil. There's a reason we put the different fluids in the different parts of the engine on a vehicle. Well, there's a reason why there's food laws in the Bible that clearly show us what we are supposed to eat, what we're not supposed to consider as food, and what animals we're supposed to be able to consume and the ones we shouldn't consume. Same thing with what vegetation. It should be a seed-yielding plant. If it yields a seed, if it's not poisonous, then that's food. And uh, there's lots of things out there. A lot of people don't even know this, tobacco. Tobacco should be served like a green. Baked fresh and cooked just like you would uh, turnip grain or spinach, steamed. A little bit of butter, a little bit of vinegar on it. Excellent. Full of all kinds of minerals and vitamins. So if you can come across some tobacco seed, uh, that gives you some options there. You can eat it or you can try it out and smoke it. You can trade it. Make a twist of tobacco. People will be, I'll tell you, a couple of things that never go out of style, no matter how bad the circumstances and the situation it's in this whole world. Whiskey and tobacco and gambling. Seems like vice. Well, you got to be careful when you get into survival situations, especially some kind of survival or uh, trading marketplace. Don't get caught up in some crooked games of chance where you have to fight your way out or lose your shirt. Just go ahead and go do your business, do your horse trading, get what you need and get the heck out of Dodge and get back to your people in your camp. And uh, speaking of that, if you are find yourself in a situation uh, where there's going to be a barter town, somebody wants to have this rule of no guns in the barter town, and I don't know that one's going to be easy to enforce or make happen. But let's say it is. Let's say you're going to abide by those rules. Let's say they run a clean and honest barter camp. You go there with three, four people. Don't send everybody in. Leave half your team out where they don't have to give up their weapons so that if something happens, they can fight their way in to fight their way out. Don't leave your weapons checked in with the the, the people at the camp uh, at the barter town. Leave your weapons with your people and then go in. Do your trading, get out, get your weapons, and get get back to your camp. That's the best best thing you can do. Personally, I went to some grouping where they were doing horse trading and stuff like that. I'm not giving up my guns. Period. If I don't want my goods, fine. I'll sit outside their gate trade with somebody. Because I'm not going to go into where they say, you got to turn in your guns. That's a recipe for disaster. That's the same thing we're going through right now. That's why there's so much, so much trouble and problems going on right now, folks. There's too many, too many people with a liberal mindset that the gun is the evil thing, and as long as there are guns, there'll be trouble. Actually, where there are more guns, there's less trouble. 
to a gun show. Some of the most polite people you'll ever meet. Rarely, rarely. I say the only fight I ever seen at a gun show was brought there by a husband and wife. So it was an already existing thing and had nothing to do with whether they did or didn't have guns. Just so happens that they did both. They were both wearing forty fives. Going at each other like cats and dogs. But they never pulled their guns on each other either. Their argument was about whatever their argument was about. They didn't need to resolve it with, uh, with gunplay. Okay. So, remember your mantra, beans, rice, and bullets. And uh, don't forget to go check on your OODA loop principle. Look that up again on the Internet. We talked about that before. The principles, you want to apply those to all your tactical applications in life. You can apply it to business. Very useful. And those of you who haven't uh, read Sun 2's, The Art of War, uh, typically you can go down to Barnes and & Noble and find a book for five or six bucks. Uh, usually has somebody's commentaries mixed in with it, but that's okay. You can just read the basic Sun 2 stuff and then go back and see what somebody's commentaries were. Um, good philosophies and good principles. Another little book I want you to try and find is a Ranger Army Handbook. That's a good book. Any soldier skill task books from any year. You know, teach you how to use basic field gear, gas mask, basic weapons use. Well, there's Mr. Cash. We're going to have another break here, and uh, this is Survival Time. I am your host, Richard McGregor, and we'll be back here in about three. Without affecting reception. Order your wave shield today for only $19.95. 
Did he just say 1995? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to 17.95. That's right, 17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. 17.95 at theamericanvoice.com. That's the superstore at theamericanvoice.com. 17.95 plus mailing. Order now. makes deep sea salt from France so different. Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC sees in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or Visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
do my will. Go tell that long tongue liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Survival Time. I'm your host, Richard McGregor. This is American Voice Radio, AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And it's a fresh new hour. If you would, please go over to Talk Stream Live and throw a good old vote for the show over there. Kind of build up the numbers there a little bit. That'd be a handy-dandy thing. Remember to support our sponsors and the other shows on AVR. You know, we've got a lot of good shows out there. Health and wealth and uh, religious and there's something out there for everybody. I kind of like listening to Colonel Bogreitz because he's a pretty good, pretty good uh, life experience individual. Tell you a lot of good things about life, and he's got lots of good stories about things. All right, so we've covered survival vehicles, the boat. Um, oh, I was going to say one thing about the boat. You can, uh, through a series of, you can put wind generators up on your mast or up high on the boat. Um, if you're in an area that's got a good tidal flow, you can create a uh, flow impeller, uh, which will produce, on a, on, a, on a generator, which will produce some electricity, charge battery, not a lot. You're definitely going to want solar panels. There are solar ovens, so you need to look into a solar oven. Those things can, when uh, pointed at the sun, they can get up to a thousand degrees. You can bake pies in them. You can cook roast. You gotta be careful, though. You know, don't want to bump up against it because it'll burn you. They come in different sizes, so you can, you know, put it up high up on a high deck on a boat if you've got young ones. And free uh, prefix the pot roast or whatever or the Dutch oven and the pies and throw it in there and. Uh, Put your mountain house freeze-dried right up there after you've filtered your water right from the right from the channel where your boat's sitting. And uh, then you can catch yourself some fresh fish for the next day and have it with some of your rice. And then you can always have a fish taco with a little bit of your beans. And if somebody bad comes along, you can use your bullets to shoot them. So you've used your beans, rice, and your bullets. Isn't it cute how we can fit that mantra into a story on our survival show? There you go. Beans, rice, and bullets again. Uh, you think I got a one-track mind or a three-track mind anyway. Well, I was going to tell you some things here. You know, there's some uh, uh, food issues. But I tell you right now, especially poor folks in Australia, the Amish and the Australians right now are catching heck. And the Australian government had just issued a governmental edict and they have gone through most of Central Australia and Western Australia because of all the environmental impact and the flatulence of the cows and the sheep, because that's just an evil, nasty gas, and all the carbon dioxide that those sheep and cattle are breathing out. They're actually going to make the ranchers and the farmers out there take half their land and half their herds out of production. 
no other reason than to comply with the uh, environmental world uh, treaties for, you know, what was that, the Quito or wherever that was, and the one down in South America, to comply. Just like the EPA has been hounding on the Amish back in the Pennsylvania Dutch uh, on their dust being an environmental hazard. You know, it's like the had told the Mormon church, your dust from your uh, wheat and your barley in your bishop's storehouses without filtration is an environmental hazard. It's a bunch of bokum. It's a bunch of lies. And all it is is to control us. And those of you who are hemming and hawing and hedging and thinking, well, I can wait a little bit longer to get my food stockpiled, you're, you're playing the fire. You're playing with a loaded gun, and you're pointing it at yourself, and you're cocking the hammer. And you're throwing it back and forth in your hands. And it might be a junky gun that doesn't have a good, good sear. And a little bump might send that thing off. And it can be pointed at you at the wrong time when that goes off. That's what you're doing if you are not buying food. You are playing with the lives of your family, with your lives, with your own very own life. You're putting yourself in a position where a starving man will do what government God tells him to do. You won't be able to make a decision free from the, you know, if you if you have an empty stomach, you'll make the wrong decision. Or if you have your own resources and a way to protect those resources, you're going to have to get your line in the sand, folks. You're going to have to decide what what how far are you willing to go. I mean, let's say you stockpile enough food for your family for two years, and all of a sudden government God comes along and says, well, we're going house to house, and anybody with any more than two weeks' supply of food, we're going to have to confiscate that for the good of everybody else. Are you going to do that? Are you going to, are you going to just roll over and, you know, oh, here, here's my beans, rice, and bullets. Go ahead and take them. Now I stockpiled them all up so I could give them to you guys when you decided to come by and confiscate it. Hey, Richard? Yes. You've got a yes. caller. Go ahead, caller. Where are you calling from and who is it? Hi, Richard. My name is Mark. Georgia. Mark from Georgia? Hello? You're you're breaking up really bad. Are you on a are you are you are you on a are you on a uh, Hello? I can't hear him, Frank. Is is he on speaker? Hello, you're breaking up. If you're on speakerphone, go back to go back to regular line. You're dropping every other word. Hello? Hello. All right, well, go ahead and call back. And, uh, He's Frank, calling back. Okay. I don't know. Could you hear him, Frank? I couldn't hear him. No, he was. Uh, he had a bad connection. He's going to call back. All right. Soon, I hope. <laughs> uh, lost 
my train of thought. Oh, yeah, I was talking about the food and uh, being prepared. Um, you want to be able to take care of your family uh, and, and have your line in the sand drawn, you know, when, you know, uh, and, and that's part of being in, in a community, uh, you know, being established now. So people know who you are. They know your character. They understand your values and your morals. You know, you don't want to be like some of these politicians who uh, present a public image off of one side and, and then have their little Twitter or YouTube full of all kinds of immoral photographs and, and garbage and then uh, turn around and try to lie to us and say, well, that's not really a picture of me, but it may, might be a picture of me, and I didn't really send it to the 21-year-old girl even though I'm married. But she got it anyway, but uh, I don't know. You know, that's, uh, you don't want to be in a position like that. You want to, you want to be solid, well-established. You want to be in an area with people you can trust and know your area, know where you're going, have your family already lined out. And I implore you to teach your family the, the truth of what's going on. Hey, Richard. You know, you, yes. You got your caller back. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Richard. This is Mark from Georgia. Does it sound any better this time? Oh, much better. I can actually hear you. Okay, good. Hey, you were talking about uh, not eating rabbits. I, I don't understand uh, why that is, how the rabbits depleted these guys from their uh, minerals and vitamins, whatever. Well... If you go to the Bible, the Bible gives you an, an it's, it's quite clear what God said. These are food. These are ant, these are things for you to eat, and it had to have a split hoof and chew its cud. Whereas a rabbit does chew its cud, it doesn't have a split hoof. It's got a pad. It's a paw. And there's something in the chemical breakdown of the way the rabbit processes its food that its enzymes in its body actually will rob. It's like milk. Uh, most cow's milk has to have four times the vitamin D added to it and the phosphorus because it actually robs ten times the vitamin D and phosphorus from your body. So even if you're drinking regular cow's milk from the grocery store, you're at a constant net loss of minerals. You're not getting anything more, even though it's all fortified and added to, it's actually robbing from your body. Then that's what the rabbit will do. It will rob from your body as well. And so if that's the only single source of food you had, after a point in time, it will rob enough nutrients from your body to cause some of your organs to shut down and will cause you to die, will kill you. So I have never heard of this before. That's amazing. Well, you know, the the the, the God of the Bible, the Creator, you know, he, he he knew he knew what we were supposed to put into our body and what we're not supposed to put in our body. Yeah, Does there there mean that, that you in can't the Bible? I want to check that out. See what uh, what else I shouldn't eat. In Leviticus, it's the food loss. It's all complete. Leviticus, okay. And then people will tell you, oh, but Peter's dream in the New Testament was, was, you know, you know, he had the dream and the veil of all the clean and unclean foods came down to animals. And then and, and God said, don't tell me what's clean and unclean, I know. Well, see, that story, that, that Peter's dream is not 
not dealing with food. It's dealing with dealing with people who he did not previously know to be evangelistic for God. People he had never met and had no authority of knowing that because because of the the way the movement was growing so fast, there were people from other areas who were getting fragments of the knowledge of Christ, and he's being over here doing his proselytizing, and he was tired, and he didn't want to go talk to these people. He said, "Who are they?" And that's why God gave him the dream because he was trying to justify it in his mind that they weren't worthy, and God. God was just giving that reference and says, don't tell me what is clean and unclean. I know what's, what is food and what is not. I know what is clean and unclean, and these men are, you know, to clean. So you know, if you read the whole, the whole chapter there, uh, Peter's dream becomes quite clear that it's not, it's not a prohibition. Or it's, not a, it's not a carte blanche to go off ahead and start eating ham sandwiches. After all, Christ ran the uh, the demons off into the herd of swine. And okay, I say, that, um, how about uh, squirrels? Um, no, I know they're bad. They got well. They have claws too, though. I mean, is that well? It's not a split hoof, and they certainly don't chew their cud. And they carry some nasty diseases. No, you're not supposed to eat armadillos, not supposed to eat raccoons, opossums, you know, the the basic, you know, cattle, buffalo, uh, you know, if you're going to drink milk, goat's milk is the closest to human, and it's the best for human beings. Um, you know, elk, deer. Moose. Uh, these are all animals that are, you know, considered considered edible. You know, bear is not. Bears in the dog family. Dogs certainly are not. Uh, you know, just because some people in the world eat these things, go look at their lifespan. Go look at go look at how long these people who eat cat and dog how long they live. They don't they don't have as long a lifespan as Americans. And uh, I'd say we would have 10 to 15 more years of lifespan and be much healthier if we would, uh, especially, just, just leave the pork alone. Trichinosis is still trichinosis, and it's still very much in existence. And uh, I watched a study one time where they, they cooked a ham steak. A gal, she was a professor at Humboldt State University in California. And she took a ham steak, a one-inch thick ham steak, and she cooked it for 45 minutes and then pressed it. I, got, I forget how many ounces of grease. Then she cooked it again. She did that five times before it turned into a dried piece of charcoal. But she continued to get grease out of it every time. Can't do that to a piece of cow. It'll just dry up and turn into crumbly pieces of nothing after that much cooking. And uh, I didn't know that one either. Well, the other thing, if I took a human leg and did a cross-section cut and got rid of the exterior skin and left the bone in, and I laid down that in front of you with a cut from a hog's leg, and I didn't tell you which was which, and I said, you got a pig. Which one's the pig? You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I say that eating pig is the same because they remember when they needed an emergency heart valve 
uh, valve bypass stem before they come up with new skin and they needed emergency skin for burn patients. Uh, insulin used to be porcine heparin used in dialysis. All of these things are made from pig. Why is it made from pig? Because pig is genetically the closest animal to human beings. So eating a pig, in fact, in the Polynesian islands where they do cannibalism, they refer to man as long pork because a dressed out human with the legs missing and the arms missing looks like a side of pig. In fact, I've been to an automobile crash where there was a fire. And after the hair and skin burnt off of the victim, it smelled like bacon. So, so we got a lot of grease in our bodies too then? Well, yes. Well, I don't know if you go back and read the, uh, the account of what Santa Ana did to the bodies of those fellows at the... Uh, at the uh, at the Alamo, and he stacked them up like cordwood and burnt them. The story says the grease ran to the river for you know a quarter mile from the fire, from the bodies as they were being burnt. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of fat and a lot of grease, depending on what the animal is, how you make soap. You know, so there's. There's a lot of things out there in this old world, you know, that you need to think about and become aware of and make a decision for yourself. You know, I'm not going to say that you're instantly going to be condemned to the, to, the, to the gates of Hades because you eat pig or rabbit. But what you do is you get to talk to God about 10 or 15 years sooner about the issue, in my opinion. And, um, you know... Of course, there's always the exception to the rule, the, the guy that has the super strong metabolism and lives to be 90, smokes and drinks and eats anything he wants. But that's not the majority of the people. That's the prayer. That's the exception, not the rule. And we have a tendency to live to in our 50s, and then and for those that live beyond their 50s, got all kinds of elements and infirmities. And if you clean your diet up and you start eating proper foods and uh, taking care of yourself, that has a tendency to improve your health and makes it so you have a better chance of surviving. Huh. Well, you were talking of, uh, you know, you could eat, uh, you know, wild meat, cows, and stuff like that, but... Uh, I've also heard stories, you know, of all the stuff that they feed the cows and the deer jump over and they eat the same stuff. Um, how bad is that? Well, you know, cattle are not really supposed to be corn-fed. Corn is a very bad, uh, uh, to grain out a cow on corn is not necessarily good. What you want is grass-fed. You do want them organic, grass-fed. There are there are feedlots that, that not only do they mix in the corn, but they go get chicken droppings and the feathers from chicken houses, from the big industrial chicken houses, and they mix that in with the feed. And they actually feed that to cattle that are, that are uh, brought into stockyards and brought up. That's why you've got to be careful. 
you've got to go find a butcher that you can trust. Uh, you know, you want to get as close to you where you live. You want to get uh, organic. Uh, you know, somebody find somebody that raises cattle, grass feeds them, then load them up with steroids, and uh, start buying your meat that way. Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more for it, but think about it this way. You eat a little less of it. You eat good quality meat. You pay a little bit more for it, but you're healthier in the long run, and you don't have to buy uh, Coumadin or Zoloft or some other, I don't know, whatever heart drugs that are $89 a month when you're yeah, you know, 55 or 60. Yeah, keep you away from the doctor. That's right. That's right. So you can you can you can pay now or you can pay later. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Well, I appreciate the info, Richard. Uh, this thing about the rabbits just kind of blew me away. I've, I've never never heard of that. Uh, well, that story is rabbits. on the internet about the French fur trappers, uh, Hudson Bay Company, eighteen eighteen twenty six or eighteen thirty one. Uh, starved to death with their bellies full of rabbit. Uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I used to be involved many, many, many years ago before there was the great internet in a um, in a uh, black powder group, and that was one of the stories the guys one of the guys had read out of a book, and and uh, we were talking about what you should and shouldn't eat, and he talked about the rabbits. That's where I learned that. Oh. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay, thanks, Richard. I think coming up to a break here. All right, well, thanks for calling, Mark. All righty, Mark from Georgia. And uh, we still got about five more minutes before the music will roll on here. Um, like I say, you can uh, make your own decision what you want to put in your body, folks. I just come to the conclusion that's like I, I read the Bible I hear what other people say they think the Bible says, um, you know, but then I read the Bible, and then I read what other people have said. You know, I, 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 I take a group of people on, their, on, the, on the face value of their words, of their instruction, and uh, when they don't change something, when they say things are the way it is, I'm going to believe them. Like, just for example the head rabbi of New York in 1935, said communism was Judaism and Judaism was communism. And I know of the 417 Bolshevik conspirators who formed the Soviet Revolution, 397 of them were atheistic Jews. So if they say their banner is red and ruddy and they are descendants of Esau, and Esau was ready and red, red and ruddy and his banners were red, and Esau has always been nipping at the heel at true Israel, the true descendants of, of the 12 tribes of Israel. Why wouldn't they still be nipping at the heels of the 12 tribes of Israel? Because that's what it says in the Bible that it's going to be. Until the end of time, Esau is going to want back the birthright and the blessing. And the only way he can get that back is through messenger nation, promotion of, of uh, uh, homosexuality, uh, you know, convincing you not to have children for whatever reason, uh, getting young men killed in the war, the descendants of Israel getting them killed off in war, leaving them so that they uh, can't 
can't bring a new generation in forward, then eventually they'll be in a position to take over through through uh, just, you know, attrition. And it gets down to a point in time where they don't want us around. And we in the West and Western Europe tend to be the people they seem to want to kill. Tend to be the people they tell we can't keep our crosses up on the hills. Farmer gives uh, 10 acres of land. They put up a big cross 100 years ago. Now all of a sudden the city's saying, oh, uh, and he gave the land to the city to maintain. And now it's, uh, you know, church and state. Well, you look and see that it's some ACLU lawyer, shyster lawyer, named uh, Leverman or Bettenbaum or Greenbaum, and you kind of kind of scratch your head and go, and then you look and you see who owns the pornography industry. And I did a big study on that about 10 years ago. And at the time, every major porno distributor in Los Angeles was Edomites, descendants of Esau. There was no Western, quote-unquote, Christian-based individuals. So, you know, if, if it if it's, if it's looks like a duck and walks like a duck and poops like a duck and smells like a duck, it's a duck, folks. And you can be mad at me for seeing that and bringing it forward to you, or you can go read the Bible yourself and study history and see who's been nipping at the hills of the people who follow Jesus Christ. All righty, there is uh, Mr. Carl Klein, and uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about guns, firearms, liberty teeth. Bang sticks. This is Survival Time. I'm your host, Richard McGregor.
family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Monday the federal troops showed up and shot his wife and son. It's coming down. It's all around. The New World Order training armies on our ground. Stormtroopers dressed in black and blue. Aim the crosshair of their guns at the CNU. Way down upon the Waco, Texas farm. I saw the lawless law there flex its long meat on. Search warrants could even be served. The ATF shot up the place. Some what they deserve. It's coming down. It's in your town. The New World Order training armies on our ground. Stormtroopers dress.
was a big pile of captured German weapons there, and he picked up a MP40, uh, commonly referred to as a burp gun, because the way it ejected the brass, the southpaw could shoot it without any problem, and that's what he wound up carrying for the rest of the war. I've captured German uh, uh, 9 millimeter machine gun. And uh, he liked it quite well. well. There was a gentleman there that had one, and I took it upon myself. I availed myself to shoot one since I'd never had the opportunity to actually fire one. I had a good time. Good time it was had by all. If you have a machine gun shooting your area, I definitely suggest you go to, to one. Especially if you're out there in the East Coast, you've got Knob Creek, Kentucky, twice a year, somewhere around in May, and I think again somewhere in the fall. Just look it up, knobcreek.com, and uh, it'll give you all the information on the machine gun shoot. Other places have uh, monthly machine gun shoots. They used to have uh, Albany, Oregon, up in between, uh, up by Salem, Portland area. I knew they had machine gun shoots uh, down over. I know they've got a couple of places that rent machine guns out around Las Vegas. Florida, I know there's a couple of ranges, indoor ranges, that will rent a submachine gun. But you can, you can find groupings of individuals that have Class three weapons. You live in one of the states where it's uh, legally allowed to own a machine gun. Uh, somebody will be putting on an event, and they get together, and they do shooting, and you can go and rent a gun, and you can... Uh, you know, dispel theory and get that the full auto out of your out of your body. What's always interesting is I'll go to a machine gun shoot. I don't sit there in Hollywood and burn up the you know magazine just for the heck of it. I I'll sit there and I'll work the gun like you're supposed to. I'm practicing. Um, and people are kind of you know, oh, you didn't rip the whole magazine. And I says, well, what point is that? That's not how you work this weapon. That's not its, that's not its point. But the uh, one gentleman that did have the, uh, the MP40, he had a G-Model FN, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, the FN, F-A-L, as a, as a main rifle. Had his 308 Winchester, also known as uh, 7.62 by 5.1 NATO. That's the same cartridge as the U.S. military's M14, the M60 belt-fed machine gun, uh, lots of uh, Remington 700 and Savage 110 bolt-action rifles are in 308. Hey, Winchesters are in 308 bolt-action, of course. Hey, Richard? Yes. You've got a caller. Okay, who's calling and from where? Hello, caller. Go ahead. Yes, my name's Ed. I'm from Georgia. Uh, Ed. I've got two questions for you. One's about guns and one's about knives. Uh, If you're looking to buy a gun, uh, do you go to gun shows or do you go to private collectors or do you have a preference? And when it comes to knives, would you consider a boy knife a good survival knife or do you like something else? Well, a Bowie knife, uh, it falls within, (coughs) excuse me, within my category of what I call a tool knife. Mm -hmm. And 
that's more of a uh, that's more of a knife you're going to use around camp to hack small brush and and actually do some do some chopping when you're building a shelter or a fish trap or you know uh-huh. just a general utility. Whereas you're not necessarily going to go grab a hand axe and uh-huh. uh, you're going to keep that knife. Uh, and what, what I like to do, and what in fact I've done in the past, uh, I, I like to build my own holsters. And I built a 45 holster that had an angle forward lean, and I built it so it wrapped around a Bowie knife scabbard. Then hmm. I built a hang-down unit on the top of the Bowie knife and put that on the belt and then put a couple of leg straps on it. So hmm. the pistol, uh, you put an airway commander and a little holster on top of that, and then I had the knife behind it. So I had it all as one unit and handy uh, and convenient. Um, yeah. The 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 K2 by um, and I'm trying to remember the um, I think it's a Sog K2 is a good tool knife, mm-hmm. a nice stick. Don't get the sawback blade version. Get the heavy straight back. You don't want to don't want a sawback blade. You might think that's a handy item to have. But first off, sawback knives they'll, they'll work you to death. You can't ever put your hand on the back of it to pull through if you would need to make a serious cut on an animal or an, on another human being or something like that. Yeah. The part of knife fighting, you want to put your hand on the back back of a blade to help press in as you make the cut on a big knife yeah. like that. So you don't want a double double edged blade in that particular application. Oh, you want, uh, so your edged blade. <laughs> You're breaking up. Go ahead again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> ah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, in other words, you, you're saying you prefer a single-bladed knife. Uh, uh, for most utility applications, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. for a killer dealer combat knife, look up the PE57 Swiss bayonet. They're made by Victorinox or Winger, uh, and they're about. Most gun shows less than thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of them out there. It's false edged on one side. It's about eleven inches, and as far as a rib tickler or take out the brain knife, if you want a killing knife, you can't beat it. It's good quality steel, and for the mm-hmm. price, you know, you can you can spend three hundred dollars, you know, for for a high end uh, sog or a high end uh, cold steel and not have as good a knife for that whereas you can get some uh, little little knives uh, look into uh, look at a do you have a sportsman's warehouse near where you're at yes we do go in there and look at their condor knives take a look at condor condor makes an oh. excellent line of knives and they have a nice little sheath knife it's got about a five inch blade on it it doesn't have a hilt. It's got a straight straight into its scabbard. It's about fifty eight bucks. That is a great camp knife. Just an all around camp knife. And you're gonna find that you're gonna use a knife like that for you're gonna be cutting onions and rope and, and, and fish and everything more than you'll ever ever have an opportunity to even think about sticking one into somebody. Uh huh. So why go spend three hundred dollars on a knife that's dedicated for killing people when you can pay thirty bucks for that that, that bayonet? That bayonet will work as a stiletto as well as any other knife you'll ever get, mm-hmm. and they're just well made. I mean, come on, it's Swiss. It's it's the same people make the little Swiss Army knife, Winger and Victorinox. So, you know, I mean, those guys, uh, those guys, uh, <laughs> you know, they they make a Swiss Army knife as well as they make a Rolex watch. 
So you can't go wrong with most Swiss stuff. And then as far as a weapon, um, you know, there's two schools of thought on that. I'd rather you have one as soon as you can get your paws on it. And if that means you can't find one in the secondary market, uh, go down to the gun shop and order one. Don't, you know, there's so many millions of guns out there. If they're going to come around and start rounding up guns, you've got to make your decision. Are the people trying to round up your gun going to be a bullet magnet, or are you just going to go ahead and roll over and give it to them? Well, if you're going to roll over and give it to them, then take your money and go down to Atlantic City and gamble, or go down to the, the, to the, to the coast, down to you know, the, the gambling boats, and, and just take that $400 you're going to buy that AK with and gamble it away. But if you're going to keep the gun, no matter what happens, no matter they tell you you got to turn it in, you're going to go, nope. It doesn't matter whether you bought it on paper or not. Mm-hmm. Some people prefer to grab them off paper. So what you need to do is look in your local nickel bargain paper mm-hmm. uh, or go to a gun show and walk around and find somebody with one. Avoid the Wasser 10s by Sentry Arms. Okay. They, they have some issues. If you're going to buy one, order one from scratch from a gun dealer. Get him to get your IO Industries AK. Look that up on the website so you're fully mm-hmm. fully educated about it. Now, that's down and dirty, around the four four fifty price mm-hmm. range, reasonably priced ammunition and magazines. Uh, yeah. The weapon I was starting to talk about tonight is the FNFAL, and that'll cost you around $1,000 fully outfitted. Um, for a 308 battle rifle. Yeah. And uh, it's all a matter of what your budget is and uh, mm-hmm. what the group of people you're going to be with. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can stay com- uh, compatible weapons and ammunition, you're far ahead of the curve. Yeah. And uh, much better off in the long run. Yeah. And then Thanks you also want to get spare now. parts. I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for calling. All right, so we were talking about the FNFAL uh, main battle rifle. It's considered uh, uh, it's a misnomer to call a weapon an assault weapon because uh, unless you're in one of those machine gun deals, an assault weapon technically is a light caliber, like two twenty three or seven six two by three nine, but it has a select fire capability on the weapon so that it can fire full auto. That's an assault weapon. Beyond that, we track back to what would be called a battle rifle, semi-auto, dedicated 30 caliber bullet. That's a mainline battle rifle. The advantages of a battle rifle is you're going to get a little bit more range and a little bit heavier bullet and a little bit more knockdown power. Although the AK in 7.62x39 is still a 30 caliber bullet, it's about 500 yards for its max effect. It'll still go further than that, and it can still kill further than that. But uh, reasonable combat action, reasonable target hit, uh, and still have enough punch when it gets there. It's about 500 yards. Whereas a 308 or a 30 out 6 or an 8 millimeter or a 7.62 by 54R out of Saint Nagant, uh, you're talking 1,000, 1,200. Still got enough bump to do its business when it gets there. A wallop and a half. And they'll even go further than that. So, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a balance here in this world. The the downside to 308 battle rifles is it's anywhere between uh, you can get lucky and get 35 cents a round, uh, 
for some Portuguese brass case stuff. There's some Russian steel case stuff for around 30 cents a round, but some people don't like to shoot that. And anything South African or or South American is typically in the 40 to 45 cents a round. And at one time, when the big Obama scare first, when he first took office, that ammunition went up as much as 75 cents a round. That's been working its way back down. But will we ever see $100 for a thousand round case of 308? I doubt it. I think it, you, your chance of seeing a, a case of ammunition for that price on a consistent basis that you can order, not a fluke, will be about as uh, even a chance of you seeing a dollar a gallon gas again. It's just not going to happen. Um, you remember, you definitely want 1,000 rounds of ammunition that you don't touch. That's not, oh, I got a 1,000 rounds, I can take a couple hundred out and go play with the boys this weekend. No. That's your 1,000 rounds of dedicated survival ammunition. That's your insurance. That's like you letting your insurance policy lapse, not wearing your seatbelt and driving at 75 miles an hour in the 35 zone. When the cop stops you, he's going to take your car. You're going to get impounded. Don't make the mistake. Don't, don't give up your liberty teeth. Don't waste your ammunition. Don't use it frivolously. If you want to go practice, you want to go shoot with the boys, you stop off at your local gun shop and you buy two or three boxes of 20 rounds or five boxes, and you take that out and you shoot it. Never touch your 1,000. And, in fact, if you can, add to your 1,000. Add training ammunition to your larder. You know, if you can uh, get a couple of guys together, you buy your initial 1,000-round case yourself, and you get two or three of your buddies together, and you go buy another 1,000-round case and split that between the three of you. Now, if you want to go take 100 rounds and go out and practice from that, that group, fine. But the more that you can add and build up that, that supply of ammunition for that rifle, the better. 1,000s are minimum, and no less than seven magazines. I like the idea of 14, a complete replacement set. Remember, we don't have Black Hawk helicopters you know, bringing supplies, kicking out cases of ammo and magazines and cases of MREs. You're going to have to supply yourself from what you already have or what you can get from your enemy. You're going to be a guerrilla warfighter, guerrilla contact. That's what you need to learn is how guerrillas have fought. You need to know how fixed armies have fought so you know their tactics, so you know how to counter that. But it's better to run, live, to attack another day than to set, put yourself in a fixed place battle against an infantry company when there's only a handful of you. And remember, a wounded man requires three to four guys to take care of him. And the other side is not going to be leaving wounded guys behind because then that destroys the morale of everybody else, especially the higher they are. You know, if they're like special forces kind of guys, they don't like to leave each other behind. I know what happens to a wounded guy. But let me tell you, you take a knee out, the guy's out of the game permanently. He's not going to get that knee fixed anytime soon to be back into the action. And now they've got to pay to take care of him for the rest of his life. He can maybe train somebody else, but he ain't going to be out there humping the bush, hunting you down. 
So take knees out. And, uh, well, when it comes to officers and radio operators and things like that, maybe you can just go ahead and do the whole thing. Because if you take those guys out, then they can't call. And they can't orchestrate and run the, run the operation. But don't discount good senior NCOs because they know as much or more than a lot of lieutenants. So got to learn your, your military structures of the potential opposing forces that you might be going up against in whatever country that is. Learn their techniques. Learn learn what kind of battle ops and plans that they that they carry out, how they do combat patrolling and things like that. And then learn your guerrilla operations. Some of you that live there near Fort Bragg, they do a little exercise with every graduating class of special forces. It's called Pineland. The Pineland exercise. You need to go over there and volunteer to be one of the press the guerrillas. Learn to be the Pineland gorilla. If you live in that area, you'll learn so much. They're always looking for civilians to volunteer to be the gorillas. It's a pretty interesting exercise. So that would be uh, be something you might be might might find useful. Those of you that have no military experience, but you don't want to commit yourself to National Guard or Army Reserve for the obvious reasons, check in and see if your state has state military reserve. You can go learn military techniques and terminologies and rub up shoulders and do training with the regular National Guard guys, but you're not obligated to be deployed anywhere with the exception of the state. Strictly volunteer, and you'll get to learn things and uh, be in the right circles. All right, this is Survival Time. I am your host, Richard McGregor. That's the end of the show for this week. And uh, y'all take care. We'll be looking forward to seeing you next week. God bless and take care. The interest is up and the stock market down And you're only getting mugged if you go downtown In the woods, you see a woman and the kids and the dogs and me. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive.
about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com.
right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You are listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, December 30th, 2016, a couple days before the end of the year. It's about seven and a half minutes after 2 p.m., Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. That is the call-in number that will get you on the air. And uh, you can uh, go get on the air and say what you want to say. Well, pretty much. Okay, so uh, anyhow... TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That is the uh, website. AVRN1.com and AVRN.TV is also ways to get to the website. So, if you do, you'll find we have a chat room there. You can participate in the show from the chat room or you can, in fact... Just socialize. Let's see if I'm in there. I am in there. Yes, there we are. So, uh, there's only another person there. Anyhow, so, welcome to the chat room, to the other person there, and uh, let's get started, shall we? Let's see, what do I have here? Oh, yeah, I told you about this. I'll remind you, things are going to get very cold all through America starting Sunday out here in the West, and it's going to be moving east, you know. It's going to get very cold. I'm talking very cold. In some places, it's going to be 50 degrees colder than normal. Yeah, that's really, really cold. We're looking at like 8 to 10 degrees here um, overnight. You know, on like Monday or Tuesday, it's not going to be good, okay? That kind of cold, unless you live in Minnesota and you're used to that sort of thing, uh, North Dakota, those guys, are, you know, they're used to that. Everything's buried like, you know, six feet underground and it won't freeze, but people who live in other areas, uh, you know, pipes are a real problem. Think about it. Don't let it sneak up on you. You know, I realize people got to pay for water and all that stuff, but you may want to let it run a little bit to keep it moving, keep it from freezing, get some heat tape, get some little heaters, you know, do what you got to do. Anyhow, let's get uh, to some news. Here's a encouraging Headline, we'll see if it's true, of course, uh, here in a few weeks. Trump could reverse effects of Obama order on Russia. Well, of course he can. Any kind of anything that isn't legislatively enacted into law, Trump can undo. Okay? Because anything this usurper, fraud, Muslim, homosexual that claims to be our president does by the stroke of a pen and with his little phone can be undone in the same way i tell you i wouldn't waste any time if i was trump and i wouldn't waste my time okay let's go through every stinking last thing this clown has ever written no uh uh-uh do one executive order saying listen I am undoing every single executive order executive director executive anything by 
Barack Obama starting in the year 2000 and whenever he got in there, I'm canceling all of them. You know, hey, sort it out later. You know what? We were getting along just fine before Obama came into office. We get along just fine with all the crap, without all the crap that he signed into executive orders and such. All of it. You know what he's doing now? He's stealing Western land left and right, making them federal monuments. We're making that 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 little desert spot out there a monument. A monument? Really? Open space desert is a monument now? No. Just one executive order. I'm canceling all of them. But... This goes on here. President-elect Donald Trump could reverse Obama's executive order and allow Russian intelligence officials back into the United States. Well, once he takes office, but that would be inadvisable, a senior U.S. official said. Oh, really? Why is that? There is no reason to believe Russia will cease interfering in U.S. and other countries' elections. Yes, but there's no reason to believe that they did in the first place. Okay? These guys are just speaking on the uh, condition that, okay, you all buy the lies that we've told you about Russian hacking into our U.S. elections. See, you know why they're using the U.S. elections? Because nobody gives a damn about their secrets. We want to know their secrets. And anybody who breaks into their secrets and passes it out is good with us. But, so they, oh, well, if that's the way the people feel, then we'll have to make it count for them. Yeah, the Russians are hacking into your elections. They're taking away your freedom to choose. It's you the Russians are hurting, not us. We're just telling you. That's their plan. How transparent. You know what? Obama's right. He is the most transparent president ever. A transparent liar. A transparent fraud, a transparent Muslim, a transparent homosexual. This guy is sure he is transparent, that's for sure. Here we go again. We believe these steps are important because Russia is not going to stop, one official said. We have every indication that they will interfere in democratic elections in other countries, including some of our European allies. So every single time these communist pigs lose, they're going to claim Russia cheated, Russia did it, Russia did it. They cheated because, good golly, we've done such a great job so far that everybody would vote for us if it wasn't for those Russians cheating. Yeah, they've done such a great job. Really, have they? Europe is collapsing. Why? Because they've done such a great job allowing savage Muslims to infest their countries. The people of Europe don't want this, but the leaders like Andrea, the communist from East Germany, Merkel does... Folks, this is the worldwide communist revolution, and they need to be stopped. And the only way they will stop is when they're dead. But I'm all for asking them nicely. As Obama said, hey, why don't you knock it off? Yeah. Well, why don't you knock it off before we have to kill all of you? How about that? Yeah, because that's where it's going to end. 
But I have suspicions that's where they want it to end. Because I have suspicions that they are actually infested with the spirit of Satan. And Satan doesn't want power. Satan doesn't want to control the earth. Satan doesn't want any of that. What Satan wants is to kill us all and send us to hell with him. Or her. Whatever Satan is. Okay? There's no, oh, I want power, I want money, I want control. No, I want you all dead and in hell. That's what Satan wants. And look at the look at the leaders in charge. What are they doing? They're infesting Europe with Muslim savages? What what good can come of that? What is a good purpose that anybody can see in that? None. Oh, unless, of course, you know, you consider the downfall of Western civilization, again, a good thing. You know, people, this is the thing about history. Why history is important. And why history is not taught in the public schools anymore. I mean, now they're saying, well, let's find some obscure woman, some obscure Latino, some obscure black guy who did something in history. And we'll teach you children about that. But as far as, you know, the overwhelming history that affects our lives, nah, we're not going to tell them anything of that because we don't want them to know that. Because if they knew that, they might see stuff that they could concern them and say, wait a minute, haven't we already done this a few times? Because if you would just go and look and read about the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, you'll see one of the major things that Rome did was they started hiring mercenaries for their, for their legions. Their leadership, the Senate, had some real serious moral problems. They were homosexuals, the bathhouses, the whole nine yards. Romans got so fat and lazy and happy that they didn't do any of their own work. They hired foreigners to come into Rome to do the work. Illegal aliens, maybe, huh? And then what happened? The barbarians came over the wall. And the legions were nothing but mercenaries, so they didn't defend Rome. And it fell. Then what happened? You know, we might say, yeah, who cares? Rome, Shmome, who cares? You know, Rome's still there. The Colosseum's still there. Obviously, everything worked out okay. And who cares anyway? It's Rome. This ain't Rome. Well, what happened after Rome collapsed? Because Rome was Western civilization at the time. Kind of like the United States and Europe is now. And Russia. See, that's the thing people, you know, this ridiculous idiocy of trying to make Russia our enemy. You know, these old fools that run around in, in the Senate like John McCain and the others and, and Miss Lindsey Graham, you know, really, they, they, they need to go away because they're still fighting the last war. The Cold War's been over. Of course countries spy on each other. Everybody's spying on everybody. The only ones left in the dark are the people. 
you know, if anybody out there thinks the United States has any secrets that China and Russia and India and everybody else, and especially Israel and Saudi Arabia, that they don't have those secrets, you're delusional. The only one who doesn't know the secrets are the people, and WikiLeaks was providing us with some of the secrets, and they're having a sissy fit over it. They don't want the people to know these things. They don't care if each other knows them, because they're all criminals. They don't want the people to know about it. That's what they're upset about. That's why Russia's got to be the enemy, because, hey, if Russia is spying, they may release it. And we can't have that. It's okay if they know, but they can't release it to the people, because, well, we can't have them knowing so what did happen after Rome fell? Oh, yeah, that's right. That little uh, episode of the Dark Ages. Oh, boy, that'll be fun, huh? And what were the Dark Ages like? Oh, well, that couldn't happen here, right? Really? Let's see. What were the Dark Ages? Okay, so Rome is the Western civilization. Roman citizens have rights. People have education and all this good stuff. And people got rich. So, civilization collapses, the rich recoil back into their castles, they have money, so what do they do? Well, do they go out and they say, hey, all you peasants living on the land here, my land, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay you for the stuff you grow. No, 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 that's not what they did. What they did was they said, hey, guess what? You are going to give us 90% of everything you grow. You're going to give us 90% of all the eggs, all the sheep, all the goats, all the cows, all the everything, all the grain, all the wheat, all the corn. You're going to give us 90% of it. But, 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 but 90%, we can't live on 10%. That's tough shit. Too bad. Die. Well, how did they enforce that? Well, I'll tell you how they enforced it. They went out and they used their riches that they had amassed during the Roman Empire, and they went out and bought themselves a mercenary army that they called knights. And the knights went out chopping up the peasants who wouldn't cooperate because, well, the peasants weren't armed and they weren't trained. And the knights had the very finest equipment. Does any of this ring a bell? Can you ma imagine anything like this happening? I sure can. And it's exactly what they want to happen. Because you know what? These dirtbags in power view the Dark Ages as the good old days where they were in charge. Absolutely. You didn't do what they said. They killed you. They burned your house to the ground and uh, raped your wife and sold your children into slavery. No more education. You people don't need to know how to read anymore. All you need to know is how to service my needs. Boy, that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Well, that's what they have planned. That's what's on the way. If they get their way. And, hey, making, uh, making uh, Russian enemy is part of it. You know, maybe a small part, maybe a medium part, but a part nevertheless. All right, let's see here. How about this? You know, there's the big thing about fake news and all that, so let's deal with a little more fake news. 100% of United States warming 
100%, remember, is due to NOAA data tampering. Woohoo! Yeah, there you go. Climate Central just ran this piece, which the Washington Post picked up on. They claimed the U.S. was overwhelmingly hot in 2016, and temperatures have risen 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit since the 19th century. Oh, my God, we're doomed. Well, okay. Uh, and what a surprise that the Washington Post. Listen, folks, let's not call it the Washington Post anymore. Let's call it the CIA Post, because that's really what it is. Okay? The CIA owns and controls the Washington Post. They paid $600 million for it to Jeff Bezos of Amazon. So, you know what? That's not debatable. That's not fake news. That's not conspiracy theory. That's on the record. It's a deal, okay? And it's a done deal. The CIA controls the Washington Post. Hook, line, and sinker. So the first problem with their analysis is that the U.S. had very little hot weather in 2016. The percentage of hot days was below average and ranked 80th since 1895. Only 4.4% of days were over 95 degrees, compared with the long-term average of 4.9%. Climate Central is conflating mild temperatures with hot ones. They also claim U.S. temperatures rose 1.5 degrees since the 19th century, which is what NOAA shows. Oh, the problem with the NOAA graph is that it's fake data. NOAA creates the warming trend by altering the data. The NOAA raw data shows no warming over the past century. So they just lie. Boy, these guys must be going to, I mean, you know, the IRS must be running seminars for all the federal agencies on how to lie, cheat, and steal and deceive the public. Because, you know, this right here is certainly an IRS tactic where, well, golly gee, if the numbers don't add up to what they want, they just go ahead and make up the numbers. Yeah. The adjustments being made are almost exactly 1.5 degrees, which is the claimed warming in the article. Oh, my gosh. The adjustments correlate almost perfectly with atmospheric CO2. NOAA is adjusting the data to match global warming theory. This is known as PBEM, Policy-Based Evidence Making. Wow. Listen, the hockey stick of adjustments since 1970 is due almost entirely to NOAA fabricating missing station data. In 2016, more than 42% of their monthly station data was missing. So they just made it up. This is easy to identify because they mark fabricated temperatures with an E in their database. I'm presuming E stands for estimated. When presented with my claims of fraud, NOAA typically tries to arm wave it away with these two complaints. They use gridded data and I am using ungridded data. They have to adjust the data because the time of observation bias and station moves. Both claims are easily debunked. The only effect that gridding has is to lower temperatures slightly. The trend of 
gridding data is almost identical to the trend of ungridding data. Time of observation bias is a real problem, but is very small. TOBS, that's the you know time of observation bias, is based on the idea that if you reset a minute max temp thermometer to close too close to the afternoon maximum, you will double count warm temperatures and vice versa if the thermometer is set in the morning. Their claim is that during the hot 1930s, most stations reset their thermometers in the afternoon. This is easy to test by using only the stations which did not reset their thermometers in the afternoon during the 1930s. The pattern is almost identical to that of all stations. No warming over the past century. Note that the graph below tends to show too much warming due to morning TOBS. Noah's own documents show that the TOBS adjustment is small, 0.3 degrees Fahrenheit, and goes flat after 1990. Gavin Schmidt at NASA explains very clearly why the U.S. temperature record does not need to be adjusted. You could throw out 50% of the station data or more, and you'd get basically the same answers. One recent innovation is the setup of a climate reference network alongside the current stations so that they can look for potentially serious issues at the large scale, and they haven't found any yet. Yeah, but you know what? You've got to ask a question here. You know, we spent all this money and all this time and all this effort building these fancy weather satellites. How come they're not using them? And what do they say? Oh, well, you know what they say. They say that the temperature's not going up, but we don't use those because, see, well, they're way up there in outer space, and they're no good anyway, and uh, we just built them and spent a big pile of money on them just because, well, we had to spend the money. You know how it is. And uh, so, you know, move along. Nothing to see here. You kidding me? Really? We're supposed to believe that, right? You know, the climate's always going to change, folks. It's going to get warmer. It's going to get colder. It's going to get light. It's going to get dark. You know, things are going to change. Uh, cyclically, we could go into an ice age. We could go into a warming trend. Which is worse? Well, I'll tell you which is worse. An ice age is a lot worse. Do you realize that things thrive when the temperatures go up? That's right. Overall, things thrive. Things don't thrive when it gets colder. So what's the big worry? And to claim that CO2 is the cause of it is the most ridiculous of all. And what it shows is they recognize that Americans and people worldwide just generally have no understanding of science, even in the most basic sense. I mean, didn't you go to school? Weren't you in eighth grade? Didn't you have eighth grade science where they told, taught you about photosynthesis and how plants work? Yeah, yeah, you know, they, uh, they need CO2 to live and thrive and... And in return, they pump out oxygen. Oh, boy, yeah, I guess that must not be true. I, you know what? What we need to do is uh, we need to make sure that nobody can have a wood stove or anything like that or any farting cows. And then we need to go mow down the whole Amazon forest, you know, for money. We need to do that. We need to get rid of all those trees, pumping out all that oxygen, using up all that CO2. That's why we need to reduce the CO2, because we're going to mow down the Amazon forest. So, uh, you know, we got to reduce CO2 so we can make a bunch of money. No, that's nice. Well, 
It's time we said enough. Hey, where's Obama when you need him? Come on. Come on, Barry. Tell him. Knock it off. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, December 30th, 2016. It's about 2.43 out here on the Pacific Time Coast, 800-932-1980. This is your last chance to call in this year, 800-932-1980. Or you can go to our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. And uh, you can participate by asking questions, making comments, or just socializing, or not. The chat room is there for you, okay? Not me. I mean, I use it, and I'm in there, and I enjoy it. But uh, I didn't put it there for my jollies. I put it there so you folks would have a place that you could uh, socialize with each other, basically. You know, the participating in the show... 
is kind of an afterthought because, you know, you can send me emails. There's other ways. You can call in. You can do all kinds of things. The chat room is mainly there, you know, really for socializing. And, you know, socializing, people do pass information back and forth. People learn stuff and all that, you know. So, you know, it can be helpful. I've seen some really good things in the chat room to uh, ponder and think about. Look up, you know, and go uh, go uh, research it. All right, anyway, let's get uh, to some things and stuff here. If I can find anything, I'm sure Saturday, you know, there'll be lots of news everywhere because, uh, you know, uh, let's see. The people of Brazil and Argentina begin to realize that their new governments have not justified their hopes. Yeah, living standards in the two countries continue to get worse. And there's no bright future ahead. That's right. But in 2017, Argentina will hold uh, parliamentary elections, while the people of Brazil will go to the polls to elect their new president in 2018. Well, there you go. Oh, by the way, Russia is going to counter the measures to U.S. sanctions. Head of the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs has presented uh, Putin with alternative response to new U.S. sanctions. But you know what? I mean, really, the way uh, Putin is handling this, you know, Obama's little hissy fit, spoiled brat piece of crap that he's pulling, you know, he's a lame duck nothing who has a failed presidency that the only legacy he has is destruction, okay? This man has single-handedly done more to destroy America in his presidency than any other man alive. Think about that. And think if you can come up with anybody better. Well, you know, Woodrow Wilson is pretty close. Uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, eh, pretty close there, too. But this guy takes the cake. But what Putin is basically doing, he's letting him throw his little uh, his little spoiled brat tantrum on his way out the door. And he's not letting it bother him. He's laughing at him. Okay? He's laughing at him as the clown that he is. You see, America, the people, have been redeemed to the rest of the world. We showed the rest of the world, yes, we know this guy is a clown. We know he is a loser. And we are getting rid of him, his policies, and anybody who looks like him. And I don't mean looks like him as in color. I mean looks like him in policy. Looks exactly like him, like Hillary Clinton. See you later, wicked witch. You're over. Now, why don't you be a good girl and crawl off somewhere and just stop breathing? And take your philandering piece of crap husband with you. So Putin is basically just saying, nah, we're not going to do anything. That's fine, you know, hey, we'll let our 35 diplomats go on vacation until Obama is gone. 
Yeah, that's it. He's being an adult, you see. Because he knows, hey, you know what? You're not the president. You're a lame duck piece of crap. And uh, you'll be gone pretty soon, and the new president will come in, and I can get along with him, not you. Gosh, it seems as though a lot of the world is doing that, including businesses. Because Obama, everyone realizes uh, but, of course, most of the people are too afraid to say so because, well, he's half of a black guy. And, uh, well, if you said anything bad about him, you'd be a racist, right? Well, I don't care. Fine. I'm a racist. I'm a sexist. I'm a bigot. I'm a misogynist. I'm all those things. I don't care what you think. Any of you. Because you know what? The truth is the truth is the truth is the truth, whether you like it or not. Whether you like the people saying it or not. Hey, you know what? I hear truth from people I don't like particularly a lot of the times. And I hear some truths out of people who lie most of the time. And yeah, they're in the Patriot community. Guess what? Oh, what a surprise. We have a bunch of liars in the Patriot community. You know what, folks? And they're the ones that have made it difficult... They're the ones who have opened up the idea of fake news. They're the ones who have done this with their sensational BS instead of just telling the truth. No, no, because, see, that doesn't sell DVDs, does it now? That doesn't sell new health products. Yeah. Oh, it's the end of the world. You're going to die. This is happening. You better buy, buy, buy for me, me, me. No, no, no. It's guys like that who have made it more difficult for the alternative media to actually break through and start making a difference. And you know what? The media has broken through and is making a difference in spite of those shysters. Because the truth stands on its own. And it doesn't need to be sensationalized. Well, you know, let's go back to Joe Friday. Truth, ma'am, just the truth. That's it. Just the truth. You don't have to embellish it. You don't have to add, and by the way, you're all going to die if you don't buy my DVD to uh, your little stories either. You see, because the fact is, folks, unless the people on the side of truth, the truthers, unless we can show ourselves to be different than the lying dirtbag scum of the mainstream media, the general population is going to continue to follow them. They're going to continue to listen to them. They're going to continue to believe them. Because if they can't see a clear difference between them and us, they're going to go with the bigger one. People will support what they believe in. But if you don't give them anything to believe in, if you're just the same piece of... Whoops, did I almost say that? Yeah, if you are, and all your concerns about making money so you can pay your divorce settlement or whatever. Well, then you know what? You're no different than the mainstream media. You're no different at all. And that's not helping anybody. Anyway. So. Oh, let's see. Where can we go from here? Okay. Like Iraq. 
weapons of mass destruction fiasco. Hey, the Russian story about they hacked our elections, it doesn't add up, just like that one. How many times? Why is this even getting any play? Why hasn't everybody in the country called BS on this whole Russian hacking thing already? Well, people are, but why not the whole country? Well, why not is because of exactly what I just told you. Because there are people out there that recognize the big voices in the alternative media are just shrill, money-making, shyster, used car salesmen using sensationalistic stories to sell their products. All the while calling themselves patriots. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? People recognize that. And they don't want any part of it. So they don't believe you. Even though, hey, you might be telling them the truth. In some ways. So, is there any evidence those expelled are intelligence operatives? Yeah. Any hard evidence Russia was behind the Hillary hacks? Any credible evidence that Putin himself is to blame? The answers are no, no, and no. Yet again, the American press is again asked to co-sign a dubious intelligence assessment. Because you see, folks, yesterday, Obama expelled 35 Russian diplomats. Today, those diplomats have somehow turned into 35 Russian intelligence operatives. Gee! Isn't it funny how things can change in one day? Now, is there? A, do you see any difference between somebody being referred to as a diplomat and somebody being referred to as an intelligence operative? Yeah, they're just changing the words. They're just making it up. It's like the weather statistics from Noah. Ah, just throw those in the trash. We'll make up the numbers. It's like the IRS. Oh, you didn't file a return? Ah, well, just make one up. Oh, you know, we're going to get rid of these diplomats. Well, we'll just call them, you know what, let's call them something bad. We'll just make it up. They're intelligence operatives. Wow. In an extraordinary development Thursday, the Obama administration announced a series of sanctions against Russia. 35 Russian nationals will be expelled from the country. President Obama issued a terse statement seeming to blame Russia for the hack of the Democratic National Committee emails. These data theft and disclosure activities could only have been directed by the highest levels of the Russian government. Really? Only! Because they're the only hackers on the planet, man. Everybody knows that. Nobody can hack anywhere except, you know, unless you're Russian. Another ball face lie. The problem with this story is that like the Iraq war, uh, weapons of mass destruction mess that, you know, was a big fraud. And we all know that now, right? It takes place in the middle of a highly politicized environment during which the motives of all the relevant actors are suspect. And nothing quite adds up. If the American security agencies had a smoking gun evidence that the Russians had an organized campaign to derail the U.S. presidential election and deliver the White House to Trump, then expelling a few dozen diplomats over after the election seems like an oddly weak and ill-timed response. 
Republican senators John McCain and his girlfriend, Lindsey Graham, noted that the small price Russia paid for its brazen attack, which has not been proven, is not even evidenced. You know what? Okay, you know, if this is going to be the level of evidence, then we're all in luck, folks, because now next time you go to court, you just tell the judge that, you know what? Uh, I feel really confident. And then fill in the blank and saying, I want that entered into the record as evidence. That judge will laugh you out of the courtroom. Oh, you feel really confident, do you? And then you can tell them, well, yes, I do. I feel very confident. And I'm, uh, I'm not only am I very confident about it, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's different then if you're pretty sure. Well, you see, I thought you were just confident. But, you know, if you're confident and pretty sure, well, you know, sure, we'll add that as evidence. Uh, I don't think so. Anyway, it's it's such a lie. It's you know, here's something: judge orders the Department of Justice to release files on secret spying program. Have you ever heard of this one? I mean, I know there's so many that you know it's hard to keep track of. But have you ever heard of this one, Project Hemisphere? Huh? Well. The New York Times reported on the existence of a previously unknown data mining program known as Project Hemisphere. The project was developed in secret by telecommunications giant AT&T and the U.S. Department of Justice as a tool to help with drug enforcement task forces. However, there is concern about mass surveillance of innocent individuals. Hemisphere searches trillions of phone records, identifies the name and location of each and individual on the phone, and then sends the data back to the Department of Justice, all without any warrants, because you couldn't get a warrant, because there's trillions of records. That means there's trillions of innocent people you're violating their privacy. Now, U.S. Magistrate Judge Maria Ella James has found that the U.S. Department has failed to justify their reasoning for denying Freedom of Information Act requests related to Project Hemisphere. Judge James ordered the DOJ to provide her with files for her own private review. Wait a minute. Why does she get to see him, but we don't? Is she? Does she have some title of nobility? Is that it? Uh, I'm not at all happy with that. Not at all. Oh, here's something I'll leave you with before we go for the year. J.P. Morgan Chase is hoarding silver in preparation for the next crisis. Huh. Really, hoarding silver? Well, golly, how can that be? Uh, you know, we're always told by Goldman Sachs and all those guys that, well, you know, hey, gold and silver, it's antiquated, it's, it's too old, it's no good, It's uh, don't worry about that. Just buy some stocks, buy some stocks, buy some stocks, and maybe bonds, lots of bonds, get bonds too. 
Uh-huh. Great. Hey, how about this? Remember the days when they said, oh, you got to get off MySpace because it's dangerous. Your children will get raped and kidnapped if they're on MySpace. You have to get away from MySpace. MySpace is dangerous. We have Facebook here. Facebook is safe. Facebook is good. Facebook has protections for your children on MySpace. Your children will be killed through the Internet on MySpace. So everybody went to FedBook. Bad move, morons. But you did. Now, here's something. Senior FedBook employee arrested for allegedly soliciting unprotected sex from an underage girl. Yeah, that's right. Dove Katz, the head of computer vision at Oculus VR, was arrested near Seattle on December 21st for allegedly soliciting sex from an underage girl. According to charging records, Katz allegedly attempted to pay 350 bucks to have unprotected sex with someone he thought was a 15-year-old girl. Well, Katz, 38, has been charged with attempted commercial sexual abuse of a minor. According to the charging documents, Katz wasn't actually texting a 15-year-old girl, but an undercover agent from the uh, Tukwila Police Department. See, I don't know about this, folks. Uh, I never know about this, and this is not some sort of promotion of underage sex or anything, but the fact is, you know, if somebody's a 40-year-old, and they tell you they're 15, and you say, great, let's have sex, uh, are you really soliciting an underaged girl? No, you're really not. You know, so I, I think it's wrong. You know, I, I really do. But I got to go. See you next year. Thanks for listening.
It's a pleasure to be with you once again, and I will be your host for the next hour. Lies really do destroy the world that we live in, folks. They really do destroy the reality that we live in. Unfortunately, this entire society that we have, this entire social system that has been constructed around us, our education system, the history we're given, our political system, I mean, everything we're given by this system, it's all a lie. The whole thing has been one big pack of lies right from the ground up. And that, unfortunately, is the reality that we live in in the modern world. And the veil is beginning to fall down from this web of lies now, and people are beginning to see what the world is that they live in. But it's been a very, very painful awakening for a lot of people. It's been a slow awakening. I mean, a lot of people are simply rubbing the sleep from their eyes now. They're not anywhere near awake. They're just realizing that something is terribly wrong. But ultimately, folks, what is wrong is that we've been fed a lie from the ground up about virtually every single aspect of this world, about who we are, what we are, where we come from, what we're capable of, and what we should be. It's all been one giant deception. A species that is controlled by what, for all intents and purposes, is pure magic. Simply people's belief that the system that they're living in is real and that the world is the way it is because that's just the way it is. But as I said, many people are rubbing their sleep from their eyes now, but though they can see that there's a problem, they still don't really know what that problem is. And people just can't seem to see the way out of the mess. They can't seem to see how they are constrained. You know, we're always looking for an external reason to justify the situation we find ourselves in. And sure, there's a lot of external reasons. There's a lot of legislation. There's a lot of corrupt people in high places who are doing nefarious things, for sure. There's a lot of order followers that are doing nefarious things and brutalizing the public. But ultimately, it's all resulted from our failure to address the situation, our failure to stay true to our morals and to always do what is right in what we do. That really has been... What has allowed the world to deteriorate to the point of the sin? It's been our tolerance of evil, our allowance of people to simply do the wrong thing. You know, tolerance of evil from our politicians, our tolerance of evil from the system itself. You know, when governments roll out legislation which depresses or suppresses the people, everyone complains about it, but they don't do anything. They always comply with the legislation. They always do what they're told. They may whinge about it, but they'll do what they're told anyway. And it's just this tolerance, it's our allowance of all of these crimes to be perpetrated against us, which has brought us to the point that we're in. And when people look for an external solution, they're looking to vote someone in or vote someone out or change the political system, they don't realize that they have to change what's inside them, they've got to change their moral compass. And I know I've harped on about this so much lately, but it's true. I mean, if people do not change their moral compass and step into the true power of themselves and start doing what is right in all that they do, do, then nothing's going to change. It doesn't matter what we attempt to change externally. If we're still tolerant of this evil and we're still tolerant of this corruption, then it's not going to change. And look, you know, the world's run by a group of elite pedophiles who are basically running everything and controlling this whole place and farming this species anyway, so who are you going to vote for? What's the point of voting anybody in or anybody out if you're not going to deal with the reality that you live in? 
Yeah, no one's going to come along and fix it if you're not prepared to deal with it yourself. I mean, voting for these people and even participating in this system at all is your tactic consent of this group of pedophiles that are farming this species. It's as simple as that. So, you know, you can complain about it all you want, but if you're supporting the system, then you're part of the problem. All you're doing is offering lip service. You're not really doing anything. Now, people have got to really look at the situation we're in, and they've got to realize that it's all been one big lie, and the only way to address it is to deal with it ourselves. And the best way to deal with it is to stop complying with the system, simply step away from it. You know, this system only is held up by the energy that we give it, folks, but we don't ever look at that, and we're always giving it more energy in an attempt to change it. But it's not going to work that way. You've got to pull energy from it, folks. Take the food from the beast, and the beast will wither and die. You know, there's a saying where attention goes, energy flows. This, of course, has been co-opted by the New Age movement, which has used this to blind people. They've actually suggested that if you acknowledge bad stuff and you're creating it by your acknowledging it, that's how they've twisted that phrase, which, of course, is completely the opposite of what happens. You create the bad stuff by refusing to acknowledge it. But if you look at that statement where attention goes, energy flows, the attention you give to the system is what gives the system the energy it needs to enslave you. You know, if you're attempting to find a better world, you're not going to get it from within the system. And believe me, folks, I've tried it. I've tried to use elements within the system to awaken people to the fact that it's all fiction. I've tried to get people to stand up and use the legal system against the politicians, to use the legal system against itself, to acknowledge the fact that if law is going to exist at all, if man-made law is going to exist at all, then it needs to apply to all. And if it doesn't apply to all, then there is no law. And I've tried. It doesn't work, folks. People won't get involved. They're not even prepared to use the legal system that enslaves them against those who are attempting to enslave them. It's ridiculous. I mean, even though they believe it's real and they believe it applies to them, they're still not prepared to use it against the rulers. They just don't think they have the ability to do so. It's a very strange thing. But really, folks, it's got to the point where people just have to stop feeding it. They have to stop giving their attention to this system and start giving their attention to themselves and to the people around them. Start living cooperatively with people rather than competitively with people and quit any job which is supporting the system. I was speaking to someone the other day and they said there are 12 million jobs in production in the United States and 24 million in government. And that's absurd, folks. You need to have 24 million people quit their jobs. And folks, look, it's all built on lies anyway. The entire government system is built on lies. And if you want to look at some of those lies, something actually very interesting you can go and look at. If you go to my website, you'll find a link on the homepage entitled, Where is Eric Braverman? And this is research that's been done by a man called George Webb, and it's actually quite amazing. He's gone through the Clinton emails, and he's uncovered the enormous amount of backroom deals and shady goings-on. It would appear that much of ISIS really is, in fact, a Clinton Foundation private army. And what the Clinton Foundation is really all about is shady backroom arms and oil deals. I mean, one look at this guy's research and the dots that he's connected, and it becomes pretty apparent why Hillary Clinton would have deleted so many emails and 
Honestly, the amount of blood on Hillary Clinton's hands is phenomenal, folks. The mere idea that this career criminal, mass murdering psychopath could be considered for the presidential office is unbelievable. Had she made the presidential office, we would have seen so much war erupt on this planet because all of the Clinton Foundation's money is built on war and on the blood and death of untold thousands upon thousands of innocent people. I mean, after the pathetic excuses that they used to execute Saddam Hussein to have Gaddafi murdered publicly on television, compare either of these people to the career of Hillary Clinton and they both look like saints. This woman seriously needs to be stopped. She needs to be arrested. She needs to be taken to the hate, as would, I suggest, just about everybody who has been involved in the Clinton Foundation, or all the major players anyway. But of course, all the mainstream media focuses on is the fact that hacking into Hillary's email account was espionage and a threat to national security. It's absolutely ridiculous, folks. Look at it this way. The government can access all of your emails and all of the emails of the public. Bear in mind that the government, it's actually people within government and they're just people that you employ. They can access all of your emails under the pretext of doing it for national security reasons, but the public can't access their emails, and if they do access their emails and expose a crime, it's called espionage and a threat to national security. So how does this work, folks? What is this double standard all about? Because ultimately they're just people that are sitting in offices that are using the mechanism of government to cover up their crimes, and anybody who exposes one of their crimes is charged with a crime by these criminals. What is going on here? You know, when are the people of the world going to stand up and call this out for what it is? Because it's absolutely ridiculous, and Hillary Clinton's emails and the emails of John Podesta and the whole Pizzagate thing and everything that has been exposed about what's going on with ISIS and how it all ties into Haiti and all of these things that the Clinton Foundation has been up to, this stuff shows very clearly why the public needs access to politicians' emails and why the politicians have to be a little bit more transparent in their actions because we need to know what these people are doing, folks. Because as I said, this woman has the blood of tens of thousands of people on our hands, possibly millions. I mean, when you look at what's happened in Libya, you look at what's happened in Syria, all of this is the result of the actions of Hillary Clinton. I mean, sure, you've got the Greater Israel Project going on, which is balkanizing the Middle East, but then you've got opportunists like Hillary Clinton that see how this balkanization can work for them and how they can scoop up all of this money and create all these oil pipelines through this conflict as well. Because that's something that you've got to understand, folks, is that there are being oil pipelines constructed right through the regions where ISIS is apparently fighting. That's what a lot of this is about. It's about funneling wealth and laundering money. Well, that's what Hillary Clinton saw of it is anyway. She's using the cover of this balkanization and the cover of Israel's war of terror to launder a lot of assets and launder a lot of money and set up a lot of oil and arms deals. And the people need to know about this and this sort of a situation needs to be addressed so that it can't happen again. You know, the whole concept that looking into politicians' emails is somehow a threat to national security and that that is the problem, the hack, the Russian hack, which was not a Russian hack. It wasn't a Russian hack at all. The whole concept that they're trying to pin this on Russia and call all this fake news is ludicrous to the extreme. But in a way, it's good because it's exposing the mainstream media as being as corrupt corrupt as they are, and for simply not telling the truth. It exposes CNN as virtually being the Clinton News Network anyway.
But let's face it, folks, we never get any truth from these people at all. All you've got to do is go out and have a look around the world and then come back and have a look at what they're telling you on the television. It's always something completely different. And I tell you, folks, having looked at the Clinton emails and having looked at the research into the Clinton emails, I'd say that looking at the Clinton emails and hacking Hillary Clinton's emails is not a threat to national security at all, but what is a threat to national security is Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation. In fact, they are not just a threat to U.S. national security, they are a threat to global security. I mean, the Clinton Foundation is essentially a organized crime syndicate which is responsible for untold destruction around the world, untold loss of life, untold human trafficking. And every investigation into this and every attempt to bring this to the public eye is met with obstruction by the FBI, even saying that they're not going to release the findings of Hillary Clinton's emails for another five years. This is completely unacceptable. This is obstruction. Every day that this information is not released to the public is another day that children are trafficked and women are trafficked and wars are waged and countries are raped of their resources. Every day is a day this corruption continues and in another five years the world will be in such a state of disrepair when it could be stopped now. What needs to happen is Hillary Clinton needs to be arrested immediately as do all of her associates all need to have their assets frozen. Everybody who can be found connected to her and connected to this syndicate via these emails needs to have their assets frozen and to be arrested for questioning immediately. That's what needs to happen if law is to mean anything in the United States and also, if international law is to mean anything at all, then this is what needs to happen. Because the entire situation in the Middle East can be laid squarely in the hands of these people. And sure, look, in saying that there is the Greater Israel Project, there is all sorts of other stuff going on. But the way it's been run, the absolute obliteration of Libya and the destruction of Syria, the complete destruction of Syria, and the fact that there's a pipeline being built from Qatar to Greece that is going right through this war zone. There's been four or five reporters that have reported on this pipeline. All of them have wound up dead. But you've got to ask yourself the question, how are they building a pipeline through a war zone? How is this even possible if it is actually a war zone? The fact is that it's basically just taking over a country and stealing its resources. It's not really what they're telling us at all. And of course, there's so much focus on Syria at the moment that nobody is hearing anything about what's going on in Yemen. And the situation in Yemen is, in fact, far worse than what is happening in Syria. In Yemen, there's around about 18 million people that have been displaced. The atrocities are just ongoing. The Saudis are continuing to bomb them, just bombing infrastructure hospitals. There's no aid getting into these people, and the media is just not reporting on it at all. All we're hearing about is the situation in Syria, which is dreadful. It's a terrible situation, but it's not what we're being told. The situation in Syria is about building a pipeline, ultimately. And Yemen has been going on just down the road, and it's far more horrendous than what's going on in Syria. But of course nobody hears about it because the media just feeds the people lies and propaganda. It feeds them what the government wants them to know, and that's all. 
I mean, the media's really gotten beyond a joke, folks. I don't know how anybody could watch the television and think that these people are saying anything truthful. I mean, it's amazing, actually, when you watch the anchor people on television, it's actually like they're speaking to school children. It's like they're speaking to six-year-olds the way they talk. And it amazes me that that's how dumbed down the population has become, that they would even allow someone to speak to them in this way. I mean, it's like they're being delivered information from a grade school mentality, and they're just accepting it. But that's just the way it is, folks. People just accept what the media tells them without question, and the media simply does not tell them the truth. Another thing that the media doesn't tell them about, another thing that we don't hear very much about, of course, is the situation in Palestine, which is getting worse and worse by the day. At least we have seen a little bit of hope in the latest UN resolution condemning the settlement program in Palestine, the illegal settlement program. The little glimmer of hope we've seen is the United States actually abstained from voting in that decision, which is some sort of a step forward because the usual situation would be for the United States to simply veto the decision. But the fact the United States chose to abstain from voting shows that even the United States is getting embarrassed by the actions of the State of Israel. It would be good, though, if the government of the United States actually showed a little backbone and voted against the settlement program. But, of course, in the face of this, we've seen Israel respond in its normal, bratish fashion by announcing that it will be constructing 5,600 new settlements in occupied territories. So Israel just does what it wants to do. It's like you're telling us we can't break things. Well, okay, we're going to break more because we can. And, of course, the media doesn't tell you this either. You know, the entire global situation, folks, the whole situation that mankind is in at the moment, the media are so complicit in allowing this to happen. They are so complicit in promoting this situation, in allowing this slavery system to be built, and in allowing the criminals who run this world to continue doing what they're doing. You know, their sheer lack of coverage on the Pizzagate issue, their sheer lack of coverage on the content of Hillary Clinton's emails and the criminal organization that is used to overthrow countries, which is what the Clinton Foundation really is. The fact that they've been silent on this shows just how complicit and how bought and paid for they truly are. And also, folks, when you look at the ties that are revealed by the Clinton emails, you look at the enormous amount of money that is made through war, you look at the enormous amount of human trafficking, you look at all of the businesses that go along with war, and you look at the hands that are involved in these businesses, Clinton's ties to these businesses, and the ties of Clinton associates to these businesses, and you can see just why these people support Israel so much, because the balkanization of the Middle East and the creation of Greater Israel ensures a huge amount of profit can be made for these people if they play their cards right and they join the right team. I mean, forget the human cost. It's not about that. The human cost is good for them because this is another harvest for them. It's not about helping people or bringing democracy anywhere. It's about running a business and doing what is good for the bottom line. As I said, there's opportunity in all of these situations, folks. It just depends on how dirty you wish to get your hands. And Hillary Clinton's hands are so dirty, so incredibly dirty. I mean, even with the balkanization of the Middle East and the Greater Israel Project going through the way it is, 
even with the actions of the rogue state of Israel being carried out, it could have been done in a lot better way. It could have been done in a way that would not have brought so much human suffering into the play. But not if the Clintons are involved. The Clintons thrive on human suffering, and this can be seen simply by the companies and the connections that this woman has set up and the sheer amount of profit, the enormous amount of profit that this foundation makes from war and from the suffering of people. The amount of money that is being made all around the world from human trafficking as well, folks, this is something that people seriously need to think about. Just understanding that there are 8 million children trafficked around this world every year, 8 million children that disappear in this world every year, and that a lot of this happens under the fog of war. Well, you know, you begin to get a little bit of a picture of what's going on here, folks. But when you look at all this, you begin to see so clearly why so many people support the state of Israel, because what Israel is doing is balkanizing the Middle East. And anybody who can get in there and support that stands to make an awful lot of money. And that's what they're doing on the side. I mean, there's a bigger picture to it all. But when you've got these greedy psychopaths that are sitting there looking at all this, they can see how they can make money along the way. I mean, the controlling interest at the top, they don't care about the money. They print the money. It's not about the money. But for all the ruling patsies and all the puppets and all the psychopaths that are running the system, the ones that we can see, like the Clintons and the Bushes and Netanyahu and all these lower level puppets, these are the ones that are attracted by the financial gain and attracted by the power that they get on a small scale from what they do. And that's what makes supporting Israel so very attractive to these psychopaths. Because if you support Israel, you've got access to the banking system. You know that nobody's going to touch you because that's who controls the media. And you get to make enormous profits both from weapons sales, war, and from human suffering. And most of these people, I would say, tend to indulge in that themselves. I'd say most of these people are pedophiles and rapists themselves. In fact, I think that stands as a given. In fact, I think you need to be a pedophile or a pedocytist in order to even become part of this so-called elite club. But of course, when you really get down to it, folks, if you really want to know how to heal the situation, you've just got to look in the mirror. Because what allows all of this to happen and to continue is our tolerance of this type of evil running the world. And the wars that are constantly waged everywhere, and we hear about the collateral damage and how civilians are killed, a lot of people in the West have got no idea what it's like to live in a war zone. Imagine living there in your suburb, in your town, wherever you happen to be in Australia or England or Sussex or you know, some suburb in Pittsburgh or some suburb in New York. Imagine what it would be like to have planes flying over, raining bombs down on your house. Imagine what it would be like to be sitting there watching television one day, watching the UN and a bunch of governments get together and say, yes, well, we've approved bombing in this area because we think it's necessary. And you're sitting there, you live in that area, your family lives in that area, your schools are in that area, your children play in that area. You know that there's no military in that area, but you've just seen a whole bunch of foreign governments get together and approve bombing your house and bombing your neighborhood because it's good for business. You know, that's what happens, folks. You know, people look at this and they say, oh, there's this terrible Muslim threat. Look what we're doing to Muslim countries. Look what we've done to the Middle East. Look at the amount of suffering we have brought to the world through our Western policies by bringing democracy to the world. What is this democracy? This isn't democracy. This is human suffering. This is getting a whole bunch of people and pro 
programming them to think in your way of thinking and getting them to support you in your actions. That is democracy. You get a whole bunch of people, you pack them into a compressed area of civilization so they can't think clearly. You control the information that they get and then you get them to vote on a certain issue and you say, oh, look, it's the, it's the decision of the majority. It doesn't matter if it's the decision of the majority. If the majority is completely and utterly misinformed, that decision is invalid. You know, if people would step into their moral compass, we could change this situation in a day. We really could. We could change things so quickly. If people would simply do the right thing in all that they do and stop supporting this system, stop supporting any government that is waging war. Why are people supporting the Australian government when the Australian government is providing air support for our Nusra Front and al-Qaeda terrorists in Syria? What is this about? That is what your tax dollars are being used for, folks. Well, really, we could look at that and say they're being used to pay off the loan to the bank, but... People think their tax dollars go to serve the government. Well, okay, what the government is doing with that is it is bombing the Syrian army while they are trying to fight a private terrorist army which has overrun their country. Your government is providing air support for terrorists. That's what Malcolm Turdfull is doing. How can anybody support this system? How can anybody support these people and think that there's going to be any remedy that can be found in government? The only remedy that we're ever going to see is the remedy that's found in the human heart, but we have to stand up and call it. We have to stand up and call things out for what they are and stop tolerating this type of corruption, stop tolerating this type of evil. Now, when we see the enormous corruption that's been unveiled by the release of the Clinton emails and these puppets in government and these corrupt mouthpieces in the media dare to tell us that even possessing these emails is illegal and that the actual hack is the big problem, these people are so stupid and so controlled and so irresponsible in their obstruction of this issue and in their approach to this and in their attitude to this. And if the people of the world can't see it, then there is no hope for this species. You know, people have got to stand up and call this what it is. These emails reveal just how corrupt this system is. They reveal just how politics is really run behind the scenes. And that's what people need to pay attention to. You know, you're voting people into office and they're claiming they're going to do all these things. Look what they're doing in the back room. Have a look at these emails and look at the companies they set up. Look at how they thrive on war and ask yourself why there's no peace. Ask yourself why there's a terrorist threat. Ask yourself why a police state is being built. And ask yourself how these people are working to serve you in any any way, shape, or form. They're not. These are a criminal cacistocracy that has maneuvered themselves into a position of power, and it's time we called it, because if we don't, we're simply not going to have a future. So, wake up, people. It's time to stand up. It's time to set things right. We can do it peacefully if we just step into the power of who and what we are. That's really all we need to do to fix this situation. The question is, when are you going to choose to do it? When is everybody going to choose to do it? So I think we've reached break time here, folks. So I'll leave it there for now. We're going to have a break. Thank you for joining me on here today. It's always a pleasure to have your company. I'll speak to you again in a few minutes. Thanks for listening. I might be moving to Montana. Just to raise me up a crop of
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 that's 866-229-3663 international callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three w's dot thepowerherbs.com today, folks, a bit frustrated at the global situation, a little bit frustrated at people buying into all the fake news that they get from CNN and Fox and Reuters and the Associated Press and all of these controlled government mouthpieces. Very frustrated in the fact that the media is so corrupt and there doesn't appear to be one honest person within the mainstream media, one voice that will speak out against the crimes of Pig Clinton. And sorry to any insult to pigs that I may have made by naming her that, but she is a pig because she's just a warmongering turd that needs to be flushed, really. I mean, that is what Hillary Clinton is. She's like some piece of living excrement dropped by a giant rodent of some kind. 
And honestly, folks, the fact that this piggish piece of rodent turd has any supporters at all does stand as an incredibly good indication as to the level of programming that exists in the United States. I mean, how anybody could view this person as a viable candidate for president is absolutely incredible. And it also stands as a very good indication of just how corrupt the legal system is in the United States as well, because this woman should be arrested, as should every one of her associates. This should have happened the moment her emails were released. As soon as there was any scrutiny into her emails at all, she should have been arrested. She should not have been allowed to run for president. Petraeus should be arrested. So many people that she is involved with, I mean, the head of NATO should be arrested. There are so many people involved in illegal activity and in manufacturing war in this world. And if these people were taken out of power, we would see a huge shift in the direction this world is going. You know, everything has been contrived, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that's been presented to the people of the West has been a lie. All of the reasons that have been given to us for the wars that we wage have been a lie. None of this has been about bringing freedom or democracy to the world. All of it has been about profiteering and human tragedy. It's been about reshaping the world, redrawing the maps into what the corporation that controls things really wants it to be, irrespective of whether that is good for the people or not, because the people are simply viewed as chattels by the corporate cacistocracy. They don't care about you folks. You're just something they can use to move the energy around. Now, people need to understand that the situation the world is in at the moment is a direct result of the actions of politicians. These people manufacture war because they thrive on war. They set up companies, they set up channels where they can harvest resources and harvest people, and they lie to you at every single opportunity, and their lies are promoted and presented to you very nicely packaged by a mainstream media which is utterly corrupt, which does not bring the people the truth. But what are we going to do about it? Of course, the police are so corrupt that they won't go and arrest these individuals. So what needs to happen is the people of the world simply need to put their tools down and stop complying with the system. Stop going along with it, folks. Stop doing what these people want you to do and turn and face your government and call them out for what they are. They're a bunch of criminals, folks. The world is run by psychopaths. But of course, the psychopaths don't actually do their dirty work themselves. They have their henchmen do it for them. And that's the big problem, folks, is the order followers who are so prepared to do what their controllers tell them to do. And that's why if you're someone out there who is living with an order follower or your spouse is an order follower, you need to start withdrawing support from your spouse. You need to start putting pressure on them to get another job, to not do something where they're oppressing people, to not do something where they're following orders to show a little backbone and lead their own lives in whatever direction they want to go. And if you're someone out there who has a family member who is thinking of joining the police or the military, stop them from joining these corrupt organizations. Stop them definitely from joining the military. And the police, folks, the police is just such a corrupt institution. It's used to terrorize and brutalize the public into compliance with a corporate system which does not have their best interests at heart. The police have been dumbed down to an extraordinary level by lowering the IQ induction rate on the police force and we basically have a big boys club of thugs which goes out and brutalizes and terrorizes the public 
you must not join or support any of these organizations. And if you're working in government, start looking for another job. Get another job that does not involve government, does not involve supporting this system. If you're working designing things for government, if you're working on government-funded university projects, if you're designing weapon systems or computer systems for government, stop. Just get another job. Do not do anything to support these people because they are corrupt. And every single piece of technology, every single piece of work that you do for them, they turn around and they use it against the people. They don't do anything for the security of the nation. They do it for the security of themselves. And that's what people need to understand. And I also need to understand that all of these governments work in collusion. There are no countries that are really at war with each other. It's just governments working in collusion to create this depopulation agenda whereby they can enslave their population and lock them down into a police state. And all governments collude to do this, folks. I mean, sure, there are wars happening, such as what's going on in Syria, but this isn't two countries at war. This is a privately funded terrorist force which has been sent in there to undermine the country under the guise of civil war in the hope of escalating it into a full-scale war. But even when you look at situations such as World War One and World War Two, I mean, sure, there was factions in there that were doing bad things, but Germany never wanted to go to war in any of those countries. And if England and Germany were really that dead set on wiping each other out, why was it that the German headquarters was never bombed, and why was it that Buckingham Palace was never bombed? So the people of the world need to really wake up and see how they're being played. And they've got to realize that all of the energy that the system gets comes from the people. And if we withdraw that energy from it and we stop feeding the beast, then the beast will wither and die. That's the way it works. We have to withdraw support from this system. We have to withdraw our energy from it. And we have to start questioning authority. Now, people need to start questioning anything which causes them to step outside their moral compass. Any order they're given by anybody which serves to oppress somebody else or is morally reprehensible, this order must not only be disobeyed, but the person who gave the order needs to be addressed and questioned and asked why they are choosing to oppress the people the way they are, why they think they have the right to do such a thing. I mean, basically, they need to be taken for trial, folks. People who enact legislation which causes war or oppresses other people need to be removed from office. They need to be taken. They need to be put somewhere else because because we don't want these warmongering psychopaths running this world the way they have. We don't want all of the people involved in the Clinton Foundation, all of the people involved in supporting Israel. We don't want these people running things, folks, because they're criminals and they've created the situation that we're now in. You know, and all of the things that are done to appease the people, voting a new face on the coin, reprimanding someone, even the UN Peace Council resolution against settlements in Jerusalem, you know, the fact that the United States abstained from voting, even this, it's kind of a theater. It gives the people a little hope, a little carrot, dangles a little seed of possibility in front of them, but doesn't really get anywhere. You know, the situation in Palestine and what's going on in Jerusalem needs to be stopped right now. You know, Israel needs to be reprimanded. It needs to have all support withdrawn from it. And the people of Palestine need to be free. The siege of Gaza needs to end right now. But the problem is that we get little bits of appeasement. We get little crumbs here and there where we think we see hope on the horizon. You know, when really what should happen is the situation should just stop right now. 
you know, they say it's going to take weeks, it's going to take months, it's going to take all this time to reorganise things. We'd like to organise a ceasefire. It'll just take two weeks to organise. No, it won't. Just stop firing your weapons now. Put them down and go home. That's all you need to do. It doesn't take weeks to organise this. It doesn't take five years to look through Hillary Clinton's emails. We've looked through them in 65 days and they've exposed this entire criminal cabal and this entire criminal network she's running. So why does the FBI need five years? This is obstruction and it allows all of this corruption to continue. The same as the decisions that the UN makes regarding Israel and Palestine is obstruction. It just allows the situation to continue when it needs to stop today and it could stop today if people simply showed a little backbone and walked their talk and did something rather than spoke something. And we need action rather than words, folks. And that's the problem, folks, is that all the politicians ever do, all they ever offer to the public, really, is lip service. They just tell us this and they tell us that. They tell us they're investigating things and they're looking into it and that a decision has been made and they feel it's the right decision. And we just all go, oh, okay, and we go home. We may whine about it a little bit, but we'll just say, okay, and we'll go home and we'll go along with it. And we've got to stop doing that, folks. We shouldn't be just accepting this. You know, We should be saying, no, that's not the decision we asked for. We want the problem rectified, you know, but we've got to understand it's the politicians that are creating the problem. We're not going to get any remedy from them, folks. So what you have to do out there in your community, I mean, sure, speak to people, be a shining light in your community, but withdraw all support from the system and talk to those people around you who are working within the system and help them find another job, help them find something else to do, help them realize that they must not support their own slavery the way they are. Because that is the problem, folks. We police ourselves and we enslave ourselves. We are the muscle that the system uses to oppress us. It's we who do it to ourselves. And if we can simply adjust our moral compass, then things will change. And, you know, look, even though the police are brutal and even though it's very hard to deprogram the ranks of the police, if enough of the population simply down tools and stops complying with the system, you're going to find the police and many of the politicians are going to break ranks. I mean, if an entire town decides they're going to go on strike one day and simply not comply with the system, you're not going to have police officers going there and brutalizing and oppressing their parents and their brothers and sisters. They're going to realize once enough people can do it, they're going to realize that it's the people that are important and that all they are doing is being muscle for a group of elitist pedophiles who sit at the top who are pulling the strings and are milking the people of virtually every aspect of their life energy. They're milking you of your wealth, they're milking you of your time, they're milking you of your emotional state, of your ability to be able to function properly, your ability to be able to express yourself. They're milking you of everything, folks. That's what this government does. It's people farming. And not only are they milking you energetically by controlling every aspect of your life and making you walk between the lines everywhere, they're also harvesting people, harvesting children, human trafficking, and this is going on on such a vast scale that people simply cannot imagine it to be true, but it is true. It's going on everywhere, folks, and we're supporting it by our support for this system. It's really difficult for people to come to the realization of how they are being farmed and how they are being controlled and what is really going on on this earth. It's really a very uncomfortable realization for people to come to, and it's very difficult for people to accept the truth. But if you can step back and look at things 
really there is no other logical conclusion to the current human condition. And you begin to see that this is what's happening. You begin to see that there's been so many mechanisms put there to distract us and to keep us looking in the wrong direction and keep us from ever establishing freedom. There's so many rabbit holes for us to go down. There's so many distractions. There's so many sides for us to pick. So many arguments to get involved in. So many people to point the finger at. And in all of this, what it does is it prevents us from ever simply stepping back, looking at things as they are, and simply withdrawing support from it, because that is what would make all the difference. You know, one of the most clever things they've done, ladies and gentlemen, is to divide us so effectively, to keep us squabbling about different opinions over different topics and different beliefs and different religions and different nationalities and different rabbit holes to go down, and always believing that we've got it right, and often the information we've got is simply a spell that we've read. It's somebody else's interpretation of somebody else's information that's written in a book, and suddenly we read it in a book and we believe it's true because it's written down. When really, you know, everybody has their own opinion, everybody has their own information, not anybody has access to all the information, so not anybody really knows what's going on from every aspect. It's simply not possible, and it will never be possible until mankind is free. And this species needs to establish freedom if it wants to answer any of the mysteries or open up any of the rabbit holes that it's going down. Because all of these things exist because mankind is not free. And that is the crucial issue. That is the root core of the problem. You know, and the reason we're not free is because we don't believe we can be free because we do not believe in our own personal power. We've been trained to believe that this is not there. It doesn't exist. We must do what we're told. We must obey the dictates of the rulers. We must respect authority. We must do all the things that the education system has programmed into us rather than simply being who and what we are and always obeying natural law and always staying true to our moral compass. If we did that, we could change the world very, very quickly. And that's why we're never pointed in that direction. That's why we're always given all these other things and all these other distractions to look at, all these rabbit holes to go down, all these forms of false remedy to pursue, like signing petitions and voting people in and voting people out and approaching government and thinking that we're going to find remedy from within the very system which has created the problem. We're given all of this stuff to distract ourselves rather than stepping back and looking at it from its most simplistic and natural form. You know, it's a choice between good and bad, folks. Everything that's happening in the world today is a simple choice between what is right and what is wrong. And it is our personal choice to do either one of these things, regardless of what anybody has written down on paper. Now, when we can see that and when we can apply that to our lives, the world will change. It's really that simple. It sounds like it's way too simple. It sounds like there must be a revolution. It sounds like there must be a battle. And sure, there may be people who will not like this change of attitude. There may be people in the police force who will attempt to continue to enforce the will of politicians upon the people. But if the people are steadfast in their moral compass, it will just be like waves breaking against a rock. It won't do anything, folks. Eventually, the system will crumble. The evil, the psychopaths that run the world will have nowhere to go in the face of a moral compass that is true. You just need enough people to be willing to do it. 
And the way you get that to happen is to lead by example in your community and break down the barriers of the people around you. You get to know these people because they're struggling, they're scared, they're frightened, they're hiding away, they're trying to project their egos onto you because that's the only defense they have against the world that they're subject to. So don't judge them too harshly. Just realize that everybody is frightened, everybody is scared, but ultimately everybody has potential and everybody is facing the same foe. Everybody is facing the same future. Everybody, whether they know it or not, is fighting the same battle. So be a little tolerant with people. Don't expect them to wake up too quickly. Just be a shining light for them and help them find the inner strength that they need and you will make all the difference in the world. Now, something people have been asking me lately, I've had someone posting on my clips and asking what they should do about their children, how they can ensure their children remain a bright light while having to function within this system, you know, how they can be sending their children to the public education system and not have these children subject to the brutalization of that system and the programming of that system. And it's a very difficult question to answer because it's very difficult to just homeschool your kids and keep them isolated from the system. Obviously, they're going to participate in it at some stage. And by isolating your children from the system, you face the danger of making the system more attractive to them. You know, you get children and you don't let them really know what's going on in the world and you don't give them access to the things that the other kids have got access to and then once they get to 13 or 14 and 15 and they're out on their own and they're out doing things on their own suddenly they find all this stuff and they fall into it head first and tend to overindulge themselves and can go really bad in the wrong direction once they discover this other reality there this bright light and glitz and glamour reality they can just fall head first into it and they can become trapped by it. So it's a very fine line that you have to walk with children. Now, but in sending your children to public school, if you're going to put them into the public education system, just instill a sense of free will into them. Instill a sense of free thought into them. Teach them that they must always question what is told to them. They must always question the information their teachers are giving to them. Even if the teacher gets annoyed about it, if the teacher gets too annoyed, they should come home and tell you about it and perhaps you might be able to find them a better school or a better teacher or be able to go to school and talk to the teacher. But let them know that your child is a free thinker and you want your child to be brought up as a free thinker and not be trained to think within any particular box or any particular parameters. You must always ensure that your children question what is told to them and continue to think freely and continue to think creatively. Also, tell your children that if your teachers ever attempt to discipline them in any way, they must tell you about it. And if their teachers ever attempt to vaccinate them or give them any medication, that they are not to take or accept anything without express permission from you. In fact, you would like to be there while the medication is being administered. I actually said to my son when he was five years old when he went to school, I said, you tell the teacher that if they ever attempt to put a needle in you or to give you a tablet without me being there, that you have been instructed to come home and tell me and that your dad will come to school and he will punch them. And that's what my son actually said to one of the school doctors when I tried to give him an injection. He said, I'm not allowed to have that injection. And my dad says, if you give it to me without him here, he will come to school and punch you. 
and the doctor did not give him the injection. I, of course, was called into the office the next day, and I explained to them that my son would not be vaccinated. But just instill a sense of morals into your children, instill a sense of their own authority into your children. You're not asking them to rebel and to be cantankerous or to be precocious. You're simply asking them to question anything which causes them to step outside their moral compass and ask them to always bring copies of their tests and their questionnaires home for you to read so that if there is a programming, subliminal programming and NLP in the tests, you can point it out to them. You can explain to them how the questions have been arranged to make them think in a certain way and perhaps to show them how the programming works through their education system. And you can do this if you do get them to bring their tests home and bring their questionnaires home and you participate a little bit in your child's education by looking at what they're being educated in and how their education is taking place. Now, there are so many things being exposed now and the wheels really are falling off the system if we seize the opportunity that's been gifted to us in the release of these Clinton emails. And educating the children in how it's done and what this education system is, is certainly key to our future. It really is. And you'd be surprised. I know a lot of young kids. I know people that are 13, 14 years old that are quite aware. I'm actually quite surprised to see the type of awareness I'm seeing in some of the millennial kids these days. So all is not lost, folks. But you can help your child if your child is just going to school now by paying attention to education and seeing what they're being educated in. But, you know, we're at a really important time at the moment because the wheels really are falling off the system. And the sleeping masses out there are going to be able to see it through these Clinton emails and they know it's not fake news whether it's a Russian hack that they've been told it is or whatever it doesn't matter about who hacked it or why they hacked it or whatever what matters is the content of the emails because what the content reveals is a huge criminal organization that is manufacturing war and it's got the Clintons sitting right at the head of it and this is incredibly important information and it shows just how the inner workings of politics really goes it shows just how all these seedy backroom deals are made and it shows just why the world is in such a state of disrepair and war. You know, and the people of the West, I mean, they've been kept distracted with television and movies and all this glitz and glamour and bright light, and they think that they're under threat from everybody else because of their freedoms. Oh, my God, we're so free here in the West. We're so free in the United States. We've got all these movies, and we can go out and party and get drunk and get laid and do all this stuff, and everybody else in the world is jealous of us because we can do this. It's not like that at all, folks. You can do that in every country you go to. No one's jealous of the West. What the West has done is, is put this mindset into its population and then it has put the concept into these people that everybody else hates them and everybody else thinks that they have too much freedom and so everybody else wants to kill them, but it's simply not true. And under the guise of so-called self-defense, the West has been the most aggressive terrorist force the world has ever seen and we have gone out and we have decimated so many countries and killed so many millions of people. And so many people can see it now because it's all revealed in these emails of how the world is really run and what is really going on behind the scenes.
vaccines is a huge opportunity for us folks so even though a lot of people out there think it's getting dark and things are all falling apart and it's going to get really bad well yeah maybe it will but it's always darkest before the dawn and there's been so much revealed with this information it has provided the stuff that we've needed to be able to reach the sleeping masses in a language they can understand you know this is not conspiracy theory folks this isn't some concept that there's some shadowy hand there the illuminati doing all these nefarious deals in bohemian grove this is the revelation of tight connections made between political and military people on a global scale and they are using these connections to manufacture and profit from war and from the suffering of others they have overturned nation after nation already and they are working to overturn a whole bunch more and in the process they are also locking our countries down into a police state of their own design under the pretext of keeping us safe from terrorism the terrorism that they have created themselves and the terrorist forces that they are even financing and funding and arming themselves the revelation of all of the NATO and US weaponry that's been used by our Nusra Front in Aleppo recently is very telling and this is something that we've been telling people for months upon months but something that has now been revealed because the weapons themselves have now been discovered and yes folks all of these weapons come from the West and if you look at the paper trail you can see they're all funneled in there via the Clinton Foundation and organizations such as NATO and the White Helmets it's all been one big scam, folks. You know, the destruction of Libya, the destruction of Syria. And really, when you look at what they did to Libya, you know, the amount of progress that Gaddafi had made in that country and what they did to that country, it is absolutely disgusting. Hillary Clinton needs to be arrested. She needs to be taken to The Hague and she needs to be hung. It's as simple as that. This whole thing needs to be blown apart and exposed, folks. So get into it. Get the information out to people. And again, I highly recommend people go and look at the YouTube channel of George Webb or go to my website, thecrowhouse.com, and click on the link that says, Where is Eric Braverman? And have a look at this investigation into the Clinton emails. It's really quite revealing. But that is it for me, folks. We've completely run out of time today. It's been a pleasure to come and talk to you today. It's always a pleasure to come and have these discussions with you. Thank you to anybody who has ever supported my website, thecrowhouse.com. Thank you to all of the supporters of the Patreon account. It really is the only thing that is giving me any income at the moment, folks. So it's the only thing that's keeping me going, the only thing that's keeping the show on the air. And do have a happy New Year, folks. It is New Year's Eve tomorrow. Well, it is New Year's Eve tonight for me, but tomorrow for those in the United States. States, and let's hope that 2017 is a little bit more positive than what we've seen go past in the last 12 months. Hopefully it will be, and I think that we are in for a bright future if we simply apply ourselves. But it's been a pleasure to have your company today, and I'll look forward to speaking to you again next week, folks. Please take very good care until then. In La Cash, my friends. In La Cash. It wasn't very large. There was just enough room to cram the drums in the corner room. It was a 54 with a master door and a cheesy little lamp With a sign on the front that in the chest and a second hand guitar It was a Stratocaster with a whammy bar We could jam and joke the ride Mama was screaming, turn it down We were playing the same old song 
about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Natural Health Hour. I am 
Dr. Krupa, and I'm joined with my good buddy Joe Lawrence as a co-host. Uh, we are broadcasting in two separate locations. He's in the bunker, and I'm at my version of the Garden of Eden. And we also don't have the studio audience tonight. kind of miss them. They keep things loud and crazy. But we're working on trying to have a regular studio audience, so hopefully we'll be back to that. Uh, as always, you can call in if you would like it. The number is 1-800-932-1980. And you can also go to the website, because we know a lot of people are shy and they don't like to talk on the radio, and we get it. And if you go to the website, there is a chat room. Click on chat, sign up. And uh, Frank will get you a temporary password, and you have a screen name, and you can go on the chat room and follow the show and make comments, and we do check them at breaks, and uh, we'll get back to you. Uh, tonight, we uh, don't have any of the technical problems we had last week. Last week, Joe's end lost power in the neighborhood, and I had a Skype failure on my end, so we should be doing pretty good tonight. And I'm sure uh, Frank will let us know how things are sounding, if there's any trouble. Are you with us, Joe? I am, Dave. Can you hear me all right? Oh, you sound great. Are you on Skype tonight? I am, indeed. I've boosted the uh, amplifier, and uh, I've moved the portal to uh, to the back of the bunker. Hopefully, they, uh, we're not going to get any weird transmissions tonight. But, no, last week was a mess. I thought I woke up in EMP went off. sound good. You know, if, if you'd quit playing electrician, the neighborhood probably would have more electricity on a regular basis. I'm trying to trying to make it free for everybody, Dave. <laughs> so was Santa Claus good to you? Oh, he was great. He was great. We had uh, we had a little get together over here. Had some family over. That was nice. Um, plenty of revelry over here. So. Uh, but no complaints from the neighbors, and uh, the police didn't show up. But we went uh, pretty late. I think uh, made it to the crack of dawn. Well, good. Well, I hope everybody listening had a great Christmas. Uh, as we always say, no matter what your beliefs are, it's a wonderful time. Uh, family, friends, food, football, if you like, so that's good. One of the topics that came up this week, and Joe and I were talking uh, before the show, we got lots of information. We'll probably run out of stuff. Um, I mean, run out of time before we run out of material. But one of the things that came up, and, uh, and Joe's going to give us some of his experiences on this also, is have people talk to me where they feel like they're carrying a label for a particular condition. And uh, I'm the eternal optimist, and I can't tell you I can heal anything because they won't let us say that. We can't cure anything. But I've been blessed with seeing a lot of miracles, I guess. And I've never met anybody that worked with me that gave me a chance, because I am a troubleshooting crazy man when I get on the, the roll for trying to figure something out that's wrong with you. I've never found anything that we couldn't drastically improve, and in most cases, it, I guess it disappeared because we can't say we cured it. So... What I want people to understand is don't wear that tag. Don't walk around and say, I'm a diabetic or, or I've got this virus or, or I've got whatever, because you don't have unless you want to have. And you had some pretty good insight on that, Joe. What were you talking about earlier? 
Well, yeah, you reminded me, um, you know, I, I remember studying uh, what was called creative visualization years ago. And that's basically, you know, you are what you think you are. If you focus on something negative, uh, you know, that's actually going to come to pass at some point. You know, it's going to manifest itself. So, you know, you are what you think you are. You focus on things that are positive, things that are healthy. And, uh, you know, just take that out of the conversation. Don't talk about these things and, and say exactly what you're saying. You know, I, I'm a diabetic or, man, I'm going to die. Uh, soon or something like that. Yeah, that's the worst thing you can do. You never know when you're going to go. You never know when your time is up. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, you don't have to make it any worse than it is, right? <laughs> well, right. And, and one of the things that I picked up on on a few different people this week was not only did they feel like they had these things and they've been labeled, but the so-called healthcare practitioners that were taking care of them were feeding into it and maybe fuel in that fire because you could sell a lot of medicines, products, whatever, if they don't ever think they're going to get better. Now, my thing is, when you come to me, we're going to bring out the big guns in the beginning, and, and you might be taking more things than you want, and it may cost a little more in the beginning and a few more pills than you want to take. But we're going to knock it out of the park and make it go away. And like I said, I can't say we can cure anything, so I guess we're just going to make it disappear and we'll wonder what happened. And maybe it was a miracle. Yep. But a lot of these doctors and these people are going to, they they know a little bit about some of these products that maybe somebody like me uses, but they don't know all the abilities of some of these products and things that we can do. And so... They'll, and it never fails. I'll start talking to somebody, and they'll tell me they're taking a certain product, and I'll say, why? And they'll say, well, this is what he put me on. And I'm telling them, well, you know, no disrespect to who you're going to, but this is what it's really for. And if, you're, if you have the symptom you're telling me about, we need to do this so we can get rid of it, not not kind of nurse it along where you feel like you've got to take this stuff the rest of your life. We want to get rid of these problems. And I think that plays into what you were talking about, Joe. They get it in their head that I have this, and so they really have this. They live it. Yeah. So what do they call it, a uh, fatalist kind of attitude? You know, you can't live your life worrying about what's going to happen, you know, today, tomorrow, the next day. I mean, there, you have a limited amount of control over what you do, but, you know, once you get in the outside world, I should say. But, you know, within your own head, I mean, you really have to be careful what you tell yourself. And uh, having that kind of attitude just really defeats life. I mean, you already have so many things stacked against you. One thing, David, when I went to you, you know, we sat down, we talked. You knew what uh, what my problems were. I was able to uh, clearly convey those to you because I knew what my problems were. You know, I'd, I'd been suffering with them for a little while and pretty had, had it pretty well down. You know, I knew exactly where the pain was coming from. And, you know, just that simple approach, you know, took care of it. But the traditional medicine was just, you know, cut cut and paste <laughs> and, uh, you know, cover it up with, uh, with synthetics that were... Incredible. I mean, that, that was a life, that would have been a lifelong 
uh, you know, situation of taking medications, you know, mind-numbing drugs, really, uh, you know, some heavy opiates and, and pain relievers, and, you know, I, I won't go through all the names and stuff, but they're highly addictive, and they mess up your brain, you know, you, uh, long-term, you can't think clearly, and if you already have a bad enough attitude, you know, you're giving yourself that negative self-speech, you know, add some chemicals to that, boy, you just, you know, have a, uh, taking a shortcut there to the end but uh got to be real careful what you put in but more importantly you got to put what you put into your mind you know there's a lot of negative stuff out there but um well, you know, hopefully yeah you're exactly right and a perfect example is two things that come to my mind herpes which everybody knows about and nobody wants to talk about and diabetes which everybody knows about and what I find is the people with diabetes are doing every bad thing if they're doing a medical protocol from the pharmaceutical side that will never make anything any better. It's it's kind of like you come up and you see the house on fire and they help you turn the flame down a little bit, but it's still burning down. It's not going to quit. And and I have seen diabetes with the, with the protocols that I use. And, again, everybody's different, so I don't use the same thing on everyone or the same way on everyone, the products. But I've seen diabetes completely leave and nowhere to be found, clear up, body working right, the pancreas doing good, um, glucose being handled, I mean, just everything working well many, many times. So in my mind, there is no excuse for anybody to say, I'm a diabetic. Let's fix it. And, and of course, we always can improve diet on all of us. Uh, unfortunately, many of us grew up when the food was full of so much crap and nobody knew it. And the other one is the herpes. Now, you will be told herpes, shingles, all these things are related to chicken pox, and they stay in your nervous system and your liver, and they never go away. Well, I have not found that to be true. In fact, I have found just the opposite, that when we have treated it aggressively with things that belong in your body and help it heal, because your body wants to heal, it was made pretty good. Uh, when it came out of the factory, it already had a lot of stuff going for it. And so I have seen herpes completely disappear. Now, I've seen people with shingles, but we didn't get a chance to treat it until it got really bad. And what a lot of people don't understand about the herpes virus and shingles and chicken pox and Epstein-Barr and all these other things is their liver issues, number one, their viruses, number two, and they can all be treated and much more common than anybody wants you to know. I would say in my experience, eight out of probably ten people have some form of that virus but I've seen again where we treated it and it completely mysteriously went somewhere and it wasn't hanging out of their body ever again. So I can't say we cured it, but we must have saw a miracle. Again, yeah, it must have been. Now when you say it was cured completely, was it, did it go into remission or you know, all the, everything cleared up and 
never came back. Everything cleared up and never, ever, ever came back. But see, they don't want you to believe that. They want you to believe that it goes into this well and it hides. And and they're right about one thing. If you don't treat it, if you don't beat it down and kill it and get rid of it from your body, that the first time you're under a lot of strain and stress, people get breakouts, they get shingles, all these things come from stress and and fatigue and all the things that happen to us in life. So we got to work on those things, but we got to knock the virus out. It's, it, you know, it's a virus, and they want to act like it's some super virus from the planet Viron, and it's not leaving. Well, it doesn't work that way. Uh, they'll tell you it does, but my experience has been very different. So they would say that because I didn't have a research department and, and document uh, uh, two different groups and, you know, all that stuff, that it doesn't really count. Uh, but the truth is the real-world research to me is the most important. And, and what I'm seeing and what I've seen for the last 20 years is the poor people that live with herpes and things like that, when we start treating it, it cleared up and went away and never came back. And uh, it's happened time and time again. But I went after that virus like uh, Jesse James looking for a bank to rob, and when we found it, you know, we attacked. So, And we made sure the liver was healthy and the immune system was strong, and we dealt with the stress and we let the body heal. Well, that was uh, yeah, an interesting bit there, David. Now, I always talk about my firsthand experience with you and, you know, chiropractic care so underrated and you know it's looked down upon most and i think that's unfortunate because you know i'm somebody with actual real world experience who's uh seen success from going and seeing a chiropractor when my other option would have been you know maybe permanent disfigurement and a lifelong addiction to uh, heavy opiates that would have affected my thinking you mentioned something you know you got to get rid of that fatalist mentality and, and what you think about on a regular basis you know that does play, play a critical role you know that stress on the body it does wear you out over time i think we mentioned that last uh last show or the show before where you see some of these politicians uh, we're just living a lie and, you know, saying one thing and doing another. But it really, you know, you look at their face and it takes a toll. I can imagine what their insides look like. I know Hillary had some, some medical conditions or some problems. It might have been brought on by, by a lot of stress in her day, definitely. Yeah, and, and I am not opinion. a Hillary fan. But medically, I would help her just to show her that what she doesn't understand and what she probably fought against all of her life could help her. And you're right. Um, unfortunately, the chiropractic world doesn't teach doctor of chiropractic. See, the MDs have always taught medical doctor. So the word doctor is out there. And the problem in the chiropractic profession is the schools don't teach the community doctor. So they, they don't think, like, I, I've had patients sit in my office and look up on the wall where I have a few pieces of paper, yes, and one of them was a doctor's license, and one says supplied clinical nutrition certificate, which is one of my specialties, and they, did, were, they were blown away. They didn't even know we had a license, and they didn't know we were a doctor. They'd only heard the word chiropractor, 
and they didn't even know what that meant. And chiropractor just means doctor that works with his hands. So in, in my case, I do nutritional health care, family practice. For most all my patients, I'm their family doctor. I see them for everything. Yep. Uh, except we don't deliver babies. We could, but I'd rather not. And um, other than that, you know, uh, they know I'm a doctor, but I've had many patients that didn't know I was a doctor and didn't know we had a license. I bet you're pretty good with babies, though, Dave, but when was the last time you handled a baby? Just just curious. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's been a couple of days since my kids were that age. Thank God they're grown. Yeah, um, yeah. But those were some interesting times. But yeah, I don't, I don't care uh, to deliver babies. I don't care to work in the emergency room. Um, those are the two places that uh, doctors do some really great things. I think. Um, too many of the other ones are just writing prescriptions and covering things up. And, and that's always sad. I, I had a patient call me today, and they got a sore throat, cold, flu, chest congestion. And it's always funny. I'll say, how long has this been going on? Oh, it's been about five weeks now. And I said, and you're just now calling me? And then this lady was really sweet. She said, well, you know what? Uh, I forgot about calling you, and I went to a local doctor, and the first thing he did was give me antibiotics and steroids. And I said, well, that was bad. She goes, yeah, it only took me a day or two to remember how bad all that was, and then I looked for your number and called you. So you can see what happened. They spent about five minutes with her. They put her on steroids, which works like a giant aspirin, big old giant anti-inflammatory, but it causes long-term joint degeneration. And they put her on antibiotics, which destroys all your gut flora and very tough on the body to bounce back from that. And she was smart enough to say, no, I'm not going down that road. But this is a road that they go down with patients every day and many of them they're just doing what they were taught they don't even know how bad it is that's amazing and, and usually by the time people like this patient now called in it was already what, five weeks when they said they were feeling bad that's a long time and it takes a while for your body to get back to normal once you've let it get negative for so long but i guess everybody has their own way of handling things Dave, we'll never take an antibiotic again, but, uh, you know, you're forced to pretty much at, at a lot of levels. And we mentioned last week, you know, when you go to the, uh, just to the dentist, you know, they like to put the antibiotics in. And, and I started to mention last week that my youngest had some uh, surgery on her jaw, had a tooth replaced. Um, and, you know, they, they gave her the antibiotics. I think she took them, you know, took the regular schedule. It was a low dose, but still, you know, monitoring you know, the side effects and potential uh, issues to look for. But, but you really, you're almost obligated to take, you know, some of these uh, medications that they give you. You know, you, you trust them and you hope that there's, you know, not going to be any bad um, side effects that come out of it. But, again, it, you know, depends on the uh, on the patient and, you know, how you want to handle it. You know, some people feel comfortable with that. They say, you know, I'll, I'll 
you know, more power to you. But really, got to look at the natural uh, before you go to the uh, artificial. That, that's always been my my. Uh, I say get my credence, uh, my credo. You know, I always recommend that to people first before they go into the doctor to get, you know, a shot or surgery or stuff like that. Have you looked at all the other options? But uh, again, well, you're, you you brought up a great point too, Joe. Uh, hmm. People almost feel obligated to let them give you those antibiotics when you go in there because they tell you they need to. Uh, I met a dentist a while back. I had uh, cracked a tooth. And uh, it was very painful. I must have been in the popcorn or something, but I didn't know I had cracked it, but I knew it was hurting. And he told me, they went through the, the routine before they found out that I was a doctor, about, well, we need to do this, and we're going to have to go in and maybe do a root canal, and we're going to put you on the antibiotic. And so I asked him, I said, well, doc, uh, tell me something. Is there bacteria already there and you think you need to kill it? Or are you in, installing bacteria with your instruments when you work on me? And he kind of smiled and he said, you're right, we don't need to give you an antibiotic. And later on, the, some of the people were getting ready to prescribe whatever they do for everyday patient. And he said, no, Dr. Krupa, uh, we'll take care of all that on his own. You don't need to worry about it. But it, if you talk to them, you might find that they're more open and receptive, and they're just going with the flow of what they've been taught. But a lot of times people are afraid to ask them a question or buck the system thinking that they're going to be upset with you. And like you said, you almost feel obligated. Yeah. But people also forget that, you know, the doctor's there to serve them. You know, we, we kind of forget the roles that they play, you know. We have to kind of put our foot down and uh, say, hey, you know, okay, this and that. You know, but control the situation. Don't let the doctor just tell you what needs to happen. I mean, ask questions. If, you, if you're in that situation, ask questions. Stop him. Catch him before he uh, runs out of the room after a minute uh, or before he runs out of the room. Unfortunately, you don't have a lot of time to do that, so you really, you know, have to hit them from uh, as soon as you get in the room. But know what you need and, and tell them what you need, because they work for us. Last I remember, is that is that still true, Dave? <laughs> That's the truth. I I had an 80 year old woman in my office in tears, and I I asked her what was wrong, and she said she had gone to her MD, and when I met her, the poor woman, they had her all screwed up. And so we started treating her, and she's doing really fabulous. In fact, I, I wish, well, no, she's, she's probably closer to 90 now, and she still cuts three acres of grass, takes care of everything herself, cooks for herself, cleans, does everything. But she wasn't doing so well when I met her, and they had her on a lot of medication, so she quit taking them. And she went back and told him that, and she said he pretty well chewed her out and made her feel terrible. And I had to remind her, as you so beautifully put, that we work for the patient. We can tell you what we recommend. We can, we can be right as rain or wrong. It doesn't matter. The patient has the right to say, no, you're not doing that, or yes, you are. Yeah. Um, so... You've uh, you've you've turned the uh, medical world for me anyway upside down, and that's uh, why I do this with you because I trust your work and you're the best doctor that I know, and uh, I recommend you to everybody that I know. 
So thank you again. Well, and, and I've been very blessed to have people like you in my life uh, as patients and then friends and part of my family. And, and that keeps you going. You get to see a difference. Uh, I'll never forget how miserable and scared and uh, pretty fed up you were when I met you. Don't and you just angry. wanted somebody to help. Yeah, I was and, and angry too, Dave. I, I was an angry oh, yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> but, but that's normal. Um, and you were way too young, as Garth Brooks would say, to feel that damn old. And you just needed somebody to listen and help. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are at that moment for a commercial break. So please hang with us. And we will be right back after this. you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. 
security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana. 